so this is no soul episode 37 we're back again east west connection in full effect frank back from assignment how you feeling great glad to be back ready to do the thing glad those birds are one less super bowl now we on their shelf christ coming in real hot i gotta say it it was the worst listen it's been the worst month as a football fan for me having to deal with this mess so i'm glad it's over glad the chiefs won big huge andy reed guy <laughs> and uh yeah On, until next year oh man well this is was one of the best months of our fandom over here but it goes up in flames we're not here to talk about that we're here to praise cody Rhodes. Oh, how, how you've even following sorry. along or you've been watching the, the roads to wrestlemania <laughs> yeah um not really. I heard Cody had a good uh, promo with uh, Paul Paulie, where Paulie was pulled out to Cody and had some crocodile tears in there. I'm like, look <laughs> at them. Everybody's still learning to this day, Paulie, in this business. Now, don't care. Uh, hope Sam, hope Sammy's <laughs> in the main event. And Big know, Sammy fan, like, big Andy Reid fan. You're a fan <laughs> of all the gingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we got the, Somebody like I said, East-West connection. Duke, how are you feeling on this lovely night? We're going to be talking Macho Man Randy Savage, one of your all-time faves. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Frank, do you want to share um, anything about your excursion while you weren't here last week? Did you uh, want to tell us some details, what you did on your road trip? No, I was just uh, looking for the best up-and-coming talent to feature on this show to make John Boy hate wrestling even more. Okay. You know, so you're looking for my Did replacement. You come across anything? Yeah, exactly. To replace John, we need a new narrator, <laughs> someone less Cody influenced too much. I'm gonna level it out. I feel that. Well, today, today we're not gonna be um, going too much into the current stuff as much as I would love to. We're gonna have plenty of time because next week we're gonna review Elimination Chamber. We'll get up on some current stuff. That'll be fun. WWE and. um that will be cool as we're on the roads to WrestleMania, but we decided we wanted to talk about one of our all-time favorites in all three of our top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time. The guy with the pretty unique promo style, to say the least, the colors, the flying elbow drop, the voice. We can get into all the details of this guy, the Macho King, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. One of our guys, we wanted to spotlight his career. I feel like, um, you know, some of these guys are a shoe in to have a whole show dedicated to them. And Mach was one at the top of our list when we started this podcast. But right off the bat, I want to ask you guys, is there a why? Or did, why are you such a fan of Macho Man? Like, is there something you could put your finger on? You know, it's it's for me, it's tough to pinpoint exactly because i didn't watch like some of his biggest storylines obviously i watched after the fact you know i just missed them as a kid but i had a macho king pillow whatever wrestling buddy and like so like i always had macho man like in the back of the brain just because of that even though i didn't watch that early wf stuff so much you know or at least it didn't hit me but he was such a part of like the culture that you couldn't avoid him and then obviously i was a big wcw guy so seeing macho over there he was the champion over there a bunch of times it seemed so you know it was just he was always in the picture in the nwo for me and then going back obviously just everything about him is cool his gear is the coolest his promos are 
some of the funniest and intense. It just, it's just the total package, obviously. And I like a guy, like a work rate guy. And he had that blend of all of it, you know? So it was, you know, he's a legend. That's true. Dude, when did you first remember seeing him? And why are you such a fan of Macho Man? Yeah, I was trying to think like when I first saw him, I don't know exactly, but I would, I would say probably like WrestleMania three was like my first real memory of him, him and Steamboat. Um, obviously one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. I mean, we, you've heard wrestlers say like, that's why they got into the business. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I'm such a fan because, uh, I said before, like wrestling can be a lot of different things for different people. Some people like, you know, the more acrobatic, um, style. Some people like the more like heavy hitting some people like hardcore for me it's always been storytelling that's what's always drawn me to pro wrestling and to me macho man is one of the greatest storytellers so and as i said before on the show like i think he's had the best feuds as well so like if you give me a good story you know we're not going to get into current day stuff because this is all about Mach. but the story of the bloodline right now we mentioned before we're not so into the guys involved but the storyline has just been so like captivating that you know you can't deny it and for me that's why i'm such a fan of Mach because of his storytelling obviously charisma and then like frank mentioned he could work as well yeah the rivalries is always what stands out to me um we all agree he's had some of the best feuds and rivalries for sure he always makes them them interesting and intense like frank said frank you also were a huge fan of the rap album he released right so that would be dude not joking i went to a record store maybe a few weeks ago and when i got back home from that store i looked on their instagram and they were like we have the you know macho man be a man hogan or whatever the fuck the album is and i was like what i can't believe i missed it when i was there they were already sold out they sold out right away but i'm going i'm gonna have that record on vine is that like hard to get I don't I don't even know because I didn't even really oh, think of I, it until I saw that that record store I follow put it on their Instagram and I was like, man, I was like, I want that thing, you know. I listen, every now and then B and Hogan pops up on my yeah, it pops up on my <laughs> Spotify and I'll be in the shower and I hear like be a man Hogan and it just makes me laugh. So it's like I want it, I, I just have to have it. Yeah. It's, it's funny, you know, that whole feud with Hogan like turned into like real life heat and yeah. You know, I, I really, as much as I love Mach, like, I always question that because, like, I don't know, man, like, Hogan, like, kind of gave him the rub, like, and then Hogan goes to WCW, Mach follows right behind. I'm sure Hogan had something to do with that, you know, like, I always thought that was a weird thing how, and, you know, Hogan's obviously a politician. We've heard enough stories about that, but I don't know. I always felt like the heat was always from Mach and Hogan was just kind of like, yeah, all right, dude, whatever, like, you hate me. Well, it stems from yeah. supposedly it stems from like Hogan getting involved in Liz and his relationship, and like Hogan's mm -hmm. wife started to kind of drop some things yeah. with Liz. Suppose you know, according to all the stories, there was some tampering in his relationship. But yeah, mm -hmm. and Hogan's so foolish historically that like because mm -hmm. I, I could see what you're saying, Ducas, and it's like 
Yeah, like I hear what you and like everybody says, not everybody, but people say Mach was like a grumpy guy and like paranoid guy and stuff. So I could see how like maybe he blows something up, but also Hogan's such a dirtbag that I don't doubt. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that there's actual reasons, but Hogan, you know how Hogan is. You put him in front of a mic and you're like, oh, this guy's great. You know what I mean? Like he's never done anything wrong. You right. know what I mean? He's such a politician. He knows the game. Saint Hulk. Inside and out. Yeah. So Yeah. You know. Well, we know he's a bad friend because he always got turned on and end up fighting his friends and wrestling. So, wow. We're going to get to that. Uh, for me, it's interesting. I wanted to say real quick for me, when I started watching WWF 91, like SummerSlam 91, that was my first match was retired quotation marks mm. here. So for after he lost his career in a match, we'll get to, which we'll get to. But when I started watching the fans were like begging for him to come back. That's when all this stuff with Jake started. So I, I was like watching it right in the midst of all the the feud with Jake Roberts. And that had me conflicted because I was, I was kind of into Jake, kind of in the match. But as time went by between Mach and Flair, I was like right around that time I got to see that live. And um, the stories, they were just – even as a kid, I was all in, you know. And then we're going to start to see that Mach was around so many big moments. Um, you mentioned oh, the NWO, but like we'll talk about the formation of the NWO. He was just around – so many huge milestones and um just what a career let's let's talk about his career and try to at least pay some respect to it we talked uh last week frank you were on assignment but uh you know the death of the genius lanny Poffo, macho man's brother mm-hmm. that was um unfortunate you know news that we got recently but that also kind of reminded us, like, we do need to talk about Macho Man, the Pafos. We did pay some respects to the genius last week. Um, the, the father, Angelo Pafo, trained Macho Man, trained his brother. This family, like, it's very, like, topical right now. Wrestling families, the bloodline, the Rhodes. We got the Hearts, the Von Erics. But the Pafo family don't get the same kind of, like, love and respect. Obviously, the genius was not, you know, on the level of some of these other guys and but if you look at it, like it's kind of a um, they left a legacy. This family, you know, you For go sure. back I mean, in time. Match alone, you know, it's it's crazy to think. I was watching like his um, his like his WWF debut, and then like even his uh, his debut in like maybe Memphis it was or something. Mm-hmm. And like you just see how much of, like he's like a such a small guy especially for like Vince's company, you know, like when you see him like in there and like, I was watching him versus warrior and it never felt like he doesn't belong in there. We're like today's wrestlers. If you saw like, you know, Ricky Starks standing across from, you know, Batista, you'd be like, Oh, there's an obvious physical with Mach though, even though it was dramatic with guys, like you never felt that he felt so much larger than life to be like cliche. You know what I mean? He just, he's yeah. such a character. He said he felt big. He felt tough. He felt such a, so manic, like I'm just watching him in the ring with all these guys, and I'm just like it's funny that Vince made him such a top guy, you know. Like even his like debut, he was already feeling like important, you know, mm-hmm. within the company. So it's cool. I think as far as that goes, like the size thing, he was always like in good shape. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely helped. Like Chris Benoit, like he was a jacked up freak. So like when he was in there with even like the big show, remember in WCW, like he would fight like Reese like mm-hmm. from the flock and he would yeah. beat them like easily. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you're like a little like tank with like, like muscles and shit, I think it's like more, I guess, plausible yeah. that you can kick some ass, you know, but 
I agree with you. I think it was definitely like more his like character charisma type thing, but I always felt like he was a tough ass dude too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his physique. He, he was. Per- they, that was the perception yeah. too, right? Like they were like, mm-hmm. this guy's crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it was larger than life. He So Randy was born Randall Mario Papo, November 15th, 1952. So we already mentioned the son of Angelo, the brother of Lanny, two guys in wrestling history, a great family. What's funny, I had to mention this because, you know, anyone who's listening to this show, you may or may not know some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But I just think it's interesting to know that this guy was such a successful like baseball player before becoming a wrestler, like a dual athlete, a legit dual athlete. And if they say if he didn't like injure his shoulder, his throwing shoulder, he could have probably been a legit player, like an actual uh, major leaguer. And he was in the Cincinnati Reds farm system. So it's just interesting that he could have had a major baseball career and we wouldn't have had the macho man, Randy Savage, potentially. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Imagine. Yeah. And if Kevin Nash would have been uh, not torn hit both of his uh, leg legs up in, in yeah. NCAA. Yeah. I, don't he, how, he I don't know how, I don't know how diesel. much of uh, Kevin, <laughs> I don't know much of Kevin Nash's basketball hoop dreams are legit but Paul, tennessee is that who he played for tennessee yeah paul Nash, white yeah. too yeah but but match was legit i thought it was interesting too because i was watching something where lanny was talking about him and it was like if he cared about baseball he was all in you know and then like once that was done it was wrestling and he was all in and it was like well it makes sense you know if you get drafted into the majors and then you know you're arguably one of the most famous wrestlers of all time you know it says something about your would have been crazy rate. yeah i think that speaks to the like a obsessive nature that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about with Mach. Like he goes all in and very meticulous with his, uh, his details and his regimen and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, I wanted to also mention that his first wrestling character was called the spider because apparently he was a very big fan of the spider man, which will come into play later on in his life, which is cool. And um, yep. he did take the name macho man. That's the nickname uh, from his mom. That was a suggestion from his mother who she just had, I guess it was maybe around the song's release, but she had a belief that that was going to become like some kind of iconic nickname in American pop Mm -hmm. culture. And he jumped on that. So, uh, and it was Ole Anderson who christened christened him Savage, Randy Savage. He thought he wrestled like a savage. He was, um, he had like a grit about him. So that's a little backstory I read up on that I thought was pretty interesting. The name fits him so well. It's like it it's so strange, you know. It's such a cool wrestling name too. It's like all time great, mm-hmm. top to bottom wrestling name, you know, Macho Man. Yeah, Randy like Savage. the nickname and then like yeah. the last name too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The whole package. We're gonna talk about it top to bottom. You mentioned the outfits, the costumes, the gear. Um, we talked about the voice, the promo style. But um, yeah, you also mentioned the Memphis scene and how it's like I saw that from 1975 or something like that till 85 it it was like 10 years a decade of a career before Mach sniffed the wwf at the time and it was um a lot of it had to do with jerry lawler and i think they ended up fighting a loser leaves town match and i don't want to run through that so quickly but i just wanted to point out that it's just amazing that savage spent 12 years in pro wrestling before jumping to the wwf Mm -hmm. And we talk about people now who like pick up the business so quick or, oh, he didn't get his shot he, or, you know, why are they taking so long to give him a shot? And it's like, bro, the dues were real back then. Like 
10, 12 years before even coming to the WWF. Yeah. Into the land of the Giants. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. a different time, too. And I think people don't appreciate that. Like when you see these new guys who are like, you know, they'll sign with any company, AEW, let's say they're from the Indies. They've been on TV for six months. They're a little over. And then they start feeling like, I should, I need to be the world champion. You mm. know what I mean? And it's like, bro, settle down. You know what I mean? You're like, you don't know how lucky you are. You're even on television. These, like these guys before, most of these guys were never even going to see TV. Maybe their local television, just the way it worked, you know, back then, if you were successful, maybe you're on your local television and that was wrestling. If you know, when in territories, but yeah. you know, for a guy like Mach, he had to do that forever just to get to the big show, and then he, you know, transcended that show even. So it's cool, you know. People don't realize what it took back then. No, they don't, Duke. I don't want to like, you know, always bring up current stuff uh, when we do these spotlight episodes, but some of it's relevant. Like you look at a guy like MJF, twenty six, I think he is, maybe twenty seven. He would have to wait another six years before going to like AEW or WWE hypothetically because Macho Man was 33 when he debuted in the WWF and then it was another couple years before he sniffed the WWF title so it's just interesting like how now everything's changed you get these young guys who think that they cut these promos oh I'm entitled I'm entitled it's like you know Mm It's hard to feel bad for some of these guys. I mean, yeah, you all you have to do is watch these like biographies on like A and E, which are actually very well done. And like yeah. it's always, you know, when they talk to these older dudes, like, you know, watch Austin's like how he was broke. He couldn't eat, like they lived in their cars. Like this was like the grind. And like I'm happy that these guys don't have to go through that now. Yeah. But I definitely think that, you know they would appreciate it more if they did. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I grew up poor. Like, my mom raised three boys. My dad died when I was six. Like, we didn't get shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, nothing was handed to us. So, like, for example, I remember, like, I bought my first new car, and I just felt so good. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. can all relate to this, mm-hmm. all three of us. And, like, that's such, like, a better feeling than something just being given to you, I think. Yeah. And again, this, good like for these like good Cody's for these world title. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Fifteen anyway, years in the business, Frank. Fifteen <laughs> years. Fifteen but, years. But yeah, I just think, you know, the the grind definitely like when you do that, it makes everything that much more special. Again, nothing against these guys. Good for them for getting on TV immediately and winning titles as young men, but like and women. But I just don't sometimes I don't think you're ready for that. You know what I mean? And sometimes when you go through that grind, like when you eventually get that chance to shine, like they shine like hell, like Mach did. They're also more refined, like Macho Man, Randy Savage. So in June of 1985 is when you find who you are. Sorry Mm -hmm. not to cut you off. No, no, absolutely. But it, it ties in like in June, 1985, Savage officially signed with WWF. And the whole thing was billing him as the top free agent in the world. So he was like a known commodity, yeah. you know, in the Indies. But he debuted TNT. I just watched this episode not too long ago. It's just he looks like a big deal right off the bat. He talks like a big deal. He mentions Hogan right away, um, you know, that he's coming for him. It's the presentation. And if you watch leading up to his debut, some of the guys that would be on these shows with Vince, they couldn't even sniff his charisma. Like it was night and day when you see a guy like Macho Man show up. And um, you just know, like, even though we know debut, now. 
God. Yeah, was his debut when all those like managers came out at the end? Is that what you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he exactly. kind of and like that yeah. makes it feel like a big deal. You know, it feels yeah. like, oh, Freddie Blassie and uh mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. and yep. Jimmy Hart, Mr. Coming. Fuji. Jimmy Hart, yeah, exactly. Jimmy Hart, Mr. Fuji as well. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, exactly. I was watching that and it's like you feel like, oh, this feels like a big deal. You know, when you present a guy like that, you know, it works. You know, they tried to do that since with other guys, like in sure. whether it was WWE, TNA, mm-hmm. WCW. Even AEW with Jade, you know, who wants to manage this, you know, up and coming star. It's a cool, yeah, yeah, exactly. but it started with maybe not with Macho Man. Do, do you know of any, did they do that before? As, as far as you know, where they had like the guy um, vying, all the managers vying for the guy. I don't think, I don't ever remember that ever happening okay. before or after. Like, did it ever happen again? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did I remember it? in TNA, a Bobby of... Roode was um a kind <laughs> of like. He oh, was okay. Uh, How can I forget that? Sorry, but I <laughs> the reason I remember, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby Heenan made an appearance on TNA oh. and like they kind of oh, tried to add him to the mix. Oh, and um they did it like Def- I said with Jade, but um yeah, definitely yeah, they did definitely it with Jade. yeah, definitely ranks up there with Mach that Bobby well, you know, I'm just saying the, the formula, you know. Well, I mean? no, but to your point though, about like presentations, everything, man, like mm-hmm. First off, Jade Cargill walks in a room. Everybody's stopping what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, she's a fucking Amazon. She's beautiful, you know, like charisma. But like, if you present her or anyone else as like, you know, the top person, like people are going to believe it, you know, like, yeah, I mean, my buddy Jay, who isn't really a Cody guy, like, he sees Cody sorry. coming out every week and like, sorry, Frank, mm-hmm. he comes out and he's wearing suits and he's like presenting himself as like a big deal. And like, he actually texts me the one day and he's like, he's like, bro, Cody is like, he's it dude. Like he's, I'm like, yeah, no shit. I've been telling you. Welcome. Welcome but to it's the party. Like, well, the thing is like, it's not for everybody, right? That's fine. But like, it's interesting that he's presented this way. He comes out, you know, he he feels important and like Jay bought in. Yeah. You know, and it's like I think presentation is huge, like in wrestling and like for them to do that for Mach, obviously Vince saw something in him. So, yeah, it was all the managers vying for the services of the young Macho Man Randy Savage. He was billed as the top free agent in pro wrestling. Like we mentioned, it was Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Mr. Fuji. Classy Freddie Blassie, you mentioned all those guys. Johnny Valiant. There was a whole slew of guys, but eventually he would go with an unknown, which happened to be one Miss Elizabeth, his wife Mm -hmm. at the time. They were married in 1984, but we had never seen her. Any wrestling fans didn't know who she was. But uh, we talked about their chemistry a lot and how Liz completed the package and eventually how his gimmick was like crazed, egomaniac, bully guy who was sort of like mistreating her. Um. And whether that was a shooter or work, you know, we've heard all those stories. Mm-hmm. But do you think Savage and Heenan would have made his career hypothetically like as good? Would it, it would have been a different slant? But do you think the the Liz, you know, variable completing the package was like the magic mm-hmm. ingredient? Yeah, that's interesting because I, you know, obviously Liz, uh, Liz has become like this beloved wrestling character you know over the years but 
I don't know, you know, because I feel like you can't go wrong if you put Bobby Heenan, like in his prime with Randy Savage in his prime. I feel like it's still money, you know, like I don't see how like anything. It's obviously, like you said, a different slant because Liz gave him that. I don't know that more of a lovable factor, you know, there was something to love, even if you were frustrated with him, you know, like you could still cheer for him, even if you were frustrated. So it's, it, it's tough to say like what, I don't think you would have gotten some of the angles that were so epic, obviously yeah. Hogan, that's such a crutch, that whole storyline, you know, so obviously Flair as well, like that, who knows that whole was, feud was yeah, centered yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. So who knows how, you know, maybe we miss out on some of the bit, but I still think you would have had money on your hands, you know, just with the combination of those two guys for sure. Yeah. Dude, can you even picture that? Keenan and Mach? Yeah, for for sure. Like, um, I said before, like, I think Bobby Heenan and Mr. Perfect have, like, the perfect out of, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, like, chemistry between, like, yeah. Heenan and someone that he managed, but him and Mach would have been, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about because, like, Macho Man's not a Bobby Heenan type guy, you know? Mm, like, yeah. he's not that, like, pretty boy or, like... Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be wearing know. the suits it's, it's in- and the... Yeah, listen, like Frank said, like, it would have been fucking gold, of yeah, course, exactly. because th- those guys, everything they touched, it was. But, um, yeah, I mean... This the feud, especially with Flair. I mean, I can't even imagine you know that happening right. without Liz. Even we the were Jake talking feud. last, yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking last week. We did a whole managers episode. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to. Um, but we mentioned on there how managers kind of completed the package, and we mentioned uh, Paulie with Brock, obviously, and how that you know he probably doesn't have the career that he has without him. And I think the same about Mach with Liz, you know? Um, yeah. And then Sherry for that matter, you know, they were very important to the storytelling. Um, Macho man would have been a star regardless, I think, but like Liz, like definitely completed the whole package and it was never really done either. Someone that had a female manager at that yeah. time, it was kind of like groundbreaking. So yeah, I thought that was a fun hypothetical to throw out there uh, because <clears throat> for sure. You know, but let's get into the fact that after just four months, uh, well, it was a four month feud with Tito Santana. I think it was seven or eight months after he had been there, Macho Man, but he won the IC title. It was in Boston Garden. And this started what we're going to come to find is like when Mach got his hand on a title, usually, at least early on, he held that thing for a while. Like he was bringing some prestige to championships, bringing some prestige to that division. Um, And way before, you know, we'll get into the mega powers exploding and all that stuff. As I see chant, Macho Man had a series of victories over Hulk Hogan, count out victories. And it's interesting if you go back and see some of this stuff, like Macho Man positioned himself as a guy that was going to be up there with Hogan, whether, you know, we talk about perception is reality, like whether his size didn't translate in that time. Cause you had guys like King Kong Bundy go down the list, big John stud Andre, but um, one way or another, I feel like he believed his potential and his, like you said, larger than life personality. Like, and then that allowed us to believe it. And there's some guys, you know, they don't buy their own shtick. We see it now. 
but mm-hmm. when a dude is all in, I guess it's like committing to the to the role. Yeah. This dude was all in on that. I didn't know where it ended and began, like when I was a kid. Like yeah, it's true, because like you watch his promos and you're like, this dude is so intense, you know, and the character <laughs> is so finely tuned by the time he's in WWF, you know, because you see those promos building to that guy, and you're like, Oh, you could see you know, the parts in play, but it's like once he's in the WF and he's hitting on all cylinders with, you know, with Gino usually holding the mic and it's just like money every time. And it's like, you just believe that that guy is well, what he's saying. He's this psychopathic kind of Jack dude, but he's little, he still has a little bit enough of the little man syndrome just because of the business he's in, <clears throat> you know, but then, but you also believe like he's going to tear your face off. If, you know, I watched a video of him cutting a this super intense promo on Hogan and he looks like he's about to explode his face. He's so angry. You know? It's like, but it, yeah, exactly. It just feels so intense. You know, he made you believe. Intensity. He'd get in there and he'd be the same size as some of these refs at times. You know, <clears throat> you're like, this is like a big criticism of guys today, especially before he was all juiced out macho man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he became, you know, when he was still a little more lean muscle and all that, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't very big at all, but you, you felt like a little Tasmanian devil. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, Duke, I, I was, I wanted to get into the fact that um, right off the bat, some of the feuds that he had were with like Bruno San Martino, forgotten feuds. Great, uh, but the George the Animal Steel feud would eventually carry for so long, and <clears throat> it's crazy because I was trying to figure out why you know those two were paired up. It turns out George Steele worked for Angelo Pafo, really took a liking mm-hmm. to Mach as a kid, and Randy always liked him as a guy, and like it was apparently just the thing where you know they were married to each other, quote unquote, for the better part of a year. And it was, it involved the IC title, not the stuff that we would come to know from Mach, where he was involved in like feuds that would lead to great matches and blow off matches, like always delivered in the ring, the steel stuff, probably not stuff, you know, the things people want to go back and watch if you're not a macho man fan, but it did lead to the stuff with Ricky steamboat, which we do have to talk about. Mm-hmm. You said WrestleMania three Pontiac <laughs> Silverdome. Some consider this the greatest match of all time. Definitely one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Uh, what do you think, Duke, all these years later? You know, because we've heard stories about him planning out his matches, Macho Man, the choreography, t- quote unquote. Do you feel like when you watch that match, does it seem seamless? Can you spot the, you know, the memory the, like them remembering the match and remembering spots or does it look good to you like does it look legit yeah i mean i i i think the you know attention to detail people kind of give him shit for that but like some of the greatest things in the history of entertainment are great because of the attention to detail like the meticulous the obsessive you know behavior of making a perfect thing you know mm-hmm. like obviously nothing's perfect but that match is pretty goddamn close you know like for you to watch that you know over 30 years later and it still holds up like that means something you know um the criticism of macho man i just never understood the oh well he always like to plan his matches out it's like okay yeah, like, like it works for were them. they yeah were oh, they yeah. good like yeah, yeah, yeah. they were great <laughs> real quick about um you you just touched on uh him coming in and you know winning the ic belt and i just wanted to comment on that 
you mentioned how like it elevated it like one thousand percent like all due respect to tito santana but like a guy he was a he was a good good worker good hand as they say but like plain ass dude with blue trunks red trunks red boots whatever and macho man comes in in his you know sequined robe and all these you know neon colors and stuff and just charisma personified and he took that belt and just elevated it to a whole different level like you mentioned john like immediately calling out hogan like he he did maybe more for that title than anybody else certainly at that time in my up to that time um for sure yeah like yeah Yeah, you had guys like don morocco pedro morales yeah and like again all due respect hall of famers you know what i mean but like macho man like he came in like we talked about presented as like a big deal like main event guy and like this guy's holding the second title you know so i think that's when it became you know, started to become at least like what we perceived it as like yeah. the worker, that the worker's, worker's title, title. you yep. know, and like, and you made you believe that that was a stepping stone to the world champion. It made you mm-hmm. believe that a guy like him built like him could compete with the guys at that top level, you know, like it just did all those things. And then they had all the best matches on the card, you know, when, during that time. So, you know, he really helped that belt a lot for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. as far as the, the Georgia Animal Steel thing goes, once again, goes back to Liz. Like, George was obsessed with Liz, you know? Mm-hmm. He was, like, infatuated with her. There's another whole thing that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't happen without Elizabeth. Um, and Georgia Animal Steel kind of played into the WrestleMania three match. If you haven't watched this match, guys, definitely check it out. You won't regret it. It still holds up. It's not it's not slow paced. You know, I think a lot of people think old wrestling and it's like a slower pace. But that match is incredible. Ricky Steamboat, obviously one of the greatest, you know, in ring performers of all time, the ultimate good guy. So it's definitely worth watching and still holds up. Yeah, they had a series of matches, Steamboat and Savage. And the the culmination of the WrestleMania three one was sort of based around sort of an injury kayfabe injury probably with steamboat and savage during a match steamboat hit the railing crushed his throat crushed his larynx vince mcmahon was selling it that he can't breathe you know selling the match selling the feud it was great stuff but you you mentioned it too george Steele played a big part of you know even the feud and then the match at wrestlemania 3 he was ringside uh the match itself like you said it's amazing it's back and forth at the time i don't think there was anything like it at least not, you know, at the, on pay-per-view. But 19 two counts, They, you know, there was a lot of wow. false, not a lot of close calls. They said Savage even went as far as to pick Dave Hebner as the referee because he knew he can drop to his knees and get to a quick count better than any other referee. Mm. It's just like oh, the obsession to the details is uh, it's just crazy. But um, Steamboat... And by the way, like... We're talking about this as like the greatest match possibly of all time, possibly at a WrestleMania. The main event was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Just to give you an idea of how awesome this match was at that time, like it stole the show. This was like, you know, one of the first times that you probably ever coined that phrase, you know, like we're going to steal, like they stole the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and this ended without you know if you haven't seen this match spoiler spoiler warning here but ricky steamboat ended macho man's 14th month reign as champion 414 days heck of a run and back then they used to give these guys runs you know greg valentine was 285 days tito had 217 but savage went up to 414 days was a heck of a run steamboat ended it and uh another spoiler it only lasted two months for him so it was kind of like damn this epic run comes to an end steamboat didn't stick around too much longer after it's it's kind of a bummer but um chemistry and magic in wrestling we talk about some of these great rivalries or guys that just compliment each other in matches i always think right off the bat like brett and perfect rock and austin just off the top of my head but steamboat and savage looked like they were dancing out there you know like they knew exactly how to compliment the other one in the ring so steamboat should get a lot of credit too is my point because he Absolutely. was amazing in that match yeah doesn't work without him frank real quick do you remember seeing this match for like for the first time because this was wrestling lore mythology yeah for you yeah like when i watched it yeah it was already like being talked about you know obviously it was already talked about like this is the greatest match ever you know so like when i saw it probably as a teenager late teens i was like okay that was a good you know it took me a few viewings to really like appreciate like what it is you know because when i first saw it i was like, okay i'm about to watch the greatest match of all time you know and it's obviously very it's, it's obviously great but it, you know when it, i just got it too hyped up i guess you know but over the years it's just like you watch it and you just like man especially knowing more about match where it's like you know the choreographed nature of all his matches and just how complicated it has to be to do that it sounds like a nightmare for somebody like me but like the results don't lie you know and even hearing guys like ricky steamboat talk about that match over the years just like oh like how's this gonna go and then it being you know so perfect for that time especially what wwe was offering or wwf was offering you know from a wrestling standpoint it's like about as good as it gets so you know it's like it's become one of my favorite match matches of all it's not my favorite macho man match of all time but it's one of my favorite match matches and i get why people will say it's the greatest ever yeah it's interesting because that's always hard when you when people hype something up so much you know and then you finally like read or watch it or whatever it is and you're like all right man it's fucking good like i get it you know but like it's it's hard i i almost don't like hearing people's thoughts on stuff beforehand (laughs) you know I remember you, Frank, actually hyping up Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You were telling me to sure. read it all the time. Book, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, I don't know. It's like black and white, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that then was happening to me. Sometimes, though, it lives up because that book mm-hmm. was awesome. You well, know? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That happened with me breaking bad lately. I just, all the hype in the world. And it's like, I'm about to see the greatest show that ever existed. And it's just mm-hmm. not translating for me like that. But <laughs> yeah. on the flip side, well, I, I think I once was... again, like, I think it's all about what you're into. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's yeah. the cool thing about being an individual, you know, like <clears throat> sometimes, you know, maybe I don't know. I think Breaking Bad is a good show. I think it's well constructed, you know, stuff like that. But like, if you don't want to watch a show about a fucking junkie, like, <laughs> That's reasonable. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, I love Oz, but, you know, that's that's a lot of junkies yeah, on that show. Love you love Oz way more than most people love Oz, I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's my show. But Oh, here's another one Frank recommended. The Wire. Yeah. Absolutely worth it. 
Yeah, that's he told me for fucking 15 <laughs> years to watch it. Yeah, that's justified. Yeah. I was 30 when I saw The Godfather for the first time after a zillion oh, wow. years of people telling me it's the goat. And I'll be honest, like it is I can understand why people believe that, you know, like it's not mm-hmm. my favorite or I don't think it is the greatest. But if you try to put yourself in like the headspace of the, the times when it came mm-hmm. out, you know, and that's like with this for match sure. here, like you said, they weren't delivering anything like this with Macho Man and Steamboat, you know, and what yeah, they were doing in that ring. That was foreign stuff. It was named the match of the year by PWI and the Wrestling Observer, 1987's match of the year. 100% approval rating across the board with fans. Um, Steamboat <clears throat> considers it his greatest match. And that's high praise because how many bangers did he have with Ric Flair? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um and I did mention Steamboat's IC championship run only lasting 65 days, just over two months. He dropped it to a heel honky tonk man, which puts into question the <laughs> workers title label, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's a, but you're right about how that title looked like it was prepping the guy for the next big thing. At least yeah, like that was, yeah. that was for sure. Uh, we uh, all know that the honky tonk rain was like this weird. It sounds anomaly. It sounds odd. Yeah, it's, I was gonna call it a blip, and I was like, a blip yeah. isn't the right word for how long it went. But yeah, an anomaly, exactly. It's for, real it's, quick too. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh before how sometimes, you know, you lose a match, but you ultimately win, like the war, mm-hmm. and like Macho Man losing that match like meant nothing because yeah. he just was on to bigger and better things. It reminds yeah. me of Brett. And uh, Davy Boy at SummerSlam '92, yeah. like, you know, Davy wins that match, and Brett was fucking. They strapped a rocket ship on his back, man. Like, it's like you know. needed to prove it to Vince, you know. Yep. You needed to Vince needed yeah. to believe that you could be his guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny to to say that because there's been, especially now, I guess, with the way that companies ended up, it's like there's so many people that you're like, everybody's just had the title, but like at that time when Vince actually cared, you know, like about the product, um, he needed to trust you, you know? So it was a big deal. Mm. Then. Yeah. And Macho man was, you know, <laughs> he certainly looked like a loose cannon. So I can understand <laughs> his like reluctance, especially mm-hmm. you got, you know, the golden boy who's going to do whatever you say, you know, like in Hogan, it's really hard to move on from that, you know? Yeah. I think, um, we keep talking about Macho Man being defined by his rivalries. And this was another one like others that led to great matches, which I think is important. If you're going to have this great feud, it's important that there's a good match somewhere in there. Um, and usually he had those uh, people might not realize this, but Savage and Steamboat kept their feud going after Mania. They had 22 singles matches in total, including 14 cage matches and a lumberjack Jeez. match. But um, yeah, they kept going after Mania three on the house shows and whatnot. Great dance partners. We'll probably talk about Steamboat again at some point, but I want to talk about how Mach moved on to the greener, the greener pastures, the bigger and better things. Like you said, he won a King of the Ring tournament in later that year in 1987, non-televised. But um, you know, at that time his popularity was rising to the point where he's being cheered by the majority of the fans. So he started to ease up on his hostility towards Liz and we were starting to see, like I mentioned, the honky tonk man's the champion, IC champion, and Savage had his sights set back on that. It led to a thing where, dude, I know you remember this like it was yesterday, the Saturday night's main event, the Heart Foundation, honky tonk man, 
Macho man, want to set that up for us? How that went down? Oh man, when they clobbered him with the guitar, a stiff shot. Sheesh, that was brutal, man. It was actually. Um, if you cut right now, if you want to explain it, I don't remember like what set it all up and stuff. Oh uh, well, all right, yeah. It's just um, it was really so. What happened there was basically they cornered Macho Man, they being the Heart Foundation. And Honky Tonk Man, it was a Saturday night's main event. Mouth of the South was doing in there, was in there causing chaos. Liz actually ran to the back mm. to, get, to get Hulk Hogan to save Macho Man. Oh, okay. That was then. Okay. And this led to the formation of the Mega Powers. So it's an important moment that we have to circle there. It's iconic stuff. And I feel like um, we'll get to the lust in your eyes, <laughs> the whole Mega Powers exploding. But we have to talk about the fact that before, you know, before all that happened and the Mega Powers exploded, Mach actually went on in a tournament, WrestleMania 4. This was at the, when I was a kid, like renting this VHS, the WrestleMania mm-hmm. 4 VHS, the double di- double yep. set. Um, it seemed like it was 15 or 20 hours of my life that I was sitting there <laughs> watching these matches uh, and watching this event. But do you remember? So you you didn't go to WrestleMania four. You went to WrestleMania five, right? Mm-hmm. Did you watch WrestleMania four live? No. So I actually do have a funny story about this. So I didn't watch it live. I my first live WrestleMania was WrestleMania five, only because I was there. Okay. But uh, WrestleMania four, I remember it was the summer, and I stepped on a bee in my yard. <laughs> And my I'm allergic to bees, not definitely allergic, but allergic enough. And um, my like toe like swelled up like crazy, my big toe. And I milked the shit out of this. So <sighs> my mom was like, oh, no, she's like, um, you know, I think she put like meat tenderizer on it or something to make it. I don't know. But um, she's like, are you OK? I was like, no, I, I was like, can I can I get a wrestling tape? And we went to West Coast Video, and like you mentioned, that big-ass double-disc mm. WrestleMania 4, man. And I remember, dude, I remember, like, it was yesterday, laying on my floor, hands behind my head, like, relaxed, foot propped, you know, <laughs> selling the injury, and watching that. Like you mentioned, dude, it felt so long. Like Okay, that then, wasn't just you know, me then, like, right? It felt no, like so 100% long. agree. Like, And I watched that, and... Man, like first off, we all love tournaments. Yeah. So like we're all in, and then for the macho man to, you know, do. Well, did so you well have a, a like a, a dog in the race with that? Was it macho? Oh, one hundred, absolutely, one hundred percent macho man. Yeah, macho okay. man. So Ric Flair was the first bad guy I ever liked, but macho man was. I don't know time wise. Macho man's one of the first as well, for sure. He was undeniable. Okay. He's he's just super cool. Yeah, I said I was into wrestling 1991 SummerSlam. That's the first event I can remember. However, like I remember my uncle taking me up to his place in New York and he just wanted to shut me up and throw me in front of the TV. We rented some. I rented this. I had to be like a little younger, maybe like seven. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember like this being the longest thing I've ever watched. And everyone <laughs> seemed like they were the biggest thing ever, whether it was yeah. Andre, Jake. This was a tournament, like you mentioned, 14 man tournament for the vacant WWF title. Boardwalk Hall, AC, Trump Plaza. It was a big deal. 
Savage went through Butch Reed, Greg Dahmer Valentine, one man gang on his way to the finals with the with the million dollar <clears> man. <throat> Frank, when you also a fan of tournaments, right? For the most part, yeah, love tournament. When you Hell watched yeah. this WrestleMania for the first time, and do you feel like um, is it easy to to kind of see that he's gonna win it, even though you kind of knew? But like, do you feel like there was uh, another guy maybe they could have went with? I think maybe only Ted DiBiase. You know, mm-hmm. like looking at it, just when I look at the lineup, obviously I saw it after the facts. So like I know that DiBiase doesn't get that world title, right? So. But at the if I could like envision that like that bracket, it's only Million Dollar Man and Match to me. That's gonna be a final if they're if they're doing yeah because they're doing it the right way. Like Rude was in it, but he wasn't like yeah, at that level yeah, at that exactly. time. But they also had like Hogan and Andre in it, which was a carryover for them WrestleMania yeah. three. Mm-hmm. But you kind of I we probably didn't know, but it, it was obvious that they were gonna probably cancel each other out or something yeah, like exactly. that. That's for something else, yeah. Yeah, but, but um, I remember watching that for the first time and like being scared that DiBiase was going to win, though. <laughs> so I did believe like he could he could beat him. Yeah, what a um, what a way to Andre in his corner, too, didn't he? And Andre in his corner. Yeah. Hogan came out to even the odds. What yeah. a way, though, <laughs> yeah, to like right. to um, win your first championship. And we talked about the land of the Giants. This is probably the first time we would see a smaller guy win this title. And it was a clear message that like charisma, personality and ring ability, mm-hmm. that's, they can make size and afterthought when it's presented, right? Like, yeah, you know, and it's just crazy because before that it was, it was Andre, it was Hogan, you know, you had the workers like Backlund, but go back, Billy Graham, Bruno, Stan Stasiak, even jacked up guys, you know, mm-hmm. and here's Mach. Randy Savage being, you know, only the 10th or 11th guy to ever hold this prestigious title. It's crazy. Um, In today's like wrestling world, macho man staring across the ring from, I don't know. You said Ricky Starks earlier, even maybe even Wardlow. He might look like Wardlow size almost. Don't you think like he would in today's wrestling Maybe, you know, maybe he did get mm-hmm. sort of juiced up at one point, you know, like I don't know about Remember it. Remember WCW match when he got that's like, what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that he version of boy. Mach, he was, he was all juiced out of his mind, you know. So well, would he be then, small yeah. today? Is my question. Like, would you think mm-hmm. of him as a smaller guy? Mm-mm. Probably not. No way. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't think of him as he a big guy a, either. No, you but he was like a thick dude, though. He was always like, he was all, he might not have been jacked, but even Lanny Poffo, I mentioned it. Actually, last week, um, Lanny Poffo was like a big dude, man. Like, yeah, he was like just naturally like a big dude. And Mach had like some like he was a husky dude. Like when he <laughs> started hanging with Hogan, he definitely got you'll notice like there's a yeah. there's a difference. Like he was working out with Hulk and he was like juicing hard. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I think he would look probably like one of the bigger guys you know like you think he's about, only six foot tall though you know it's i like know but like dude player. looking like aew like look at moxley yeah he's kind of like a slender ass dude like he's leaner now you know? yeah. yeah like um he'd be bigger Page, than like, macho man be bigger than seth yeah, rollins adam cole well, moxley's like taller than spaghetti macho. arms you know like yeah, I feel like it would be interesting if we could do like place them in in the modern day. Yeah, Mach, I don't. Th- I think he would look. 
believable as fuck right now. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? So even on Raw, like tonight I'm watching Raw and it's like, you know, they're presenting like Bronson Reed as like this fucking monster. He's like five foot nothing and he's just a big like dabber. Big circle. Yeah. Well, he's like a big circle. He's like a mm. heavy guy. Like he can jump off the top rope. I get it. Like it's cool, but like he's still like a small dude. He's mm-hmm. fighting like Mustafa Ali, and they're like the same height, you know. Right. He's like a cruiserweight, so like, but he's I think a Mach would be, yeah, I think Mach would be, um, you know, I definitely think his charisma, like we talked about, would make him look larger. But yeah, I think he would be like a, I don't know, a, one of the bigger guys. Remember they were talking about Ridge Holland? They're like Ridge Holland, the yeah. six foot, two hundred and thirty five pounder. It's like that's Macho okay, Man. So he's a regular ass dude. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage. So Mach held the WWF title that first time for a little over a year, and he had a run. He was defending against One Man Gang, Boss Man, and older Andre the Giant. But this was when the Mega Powers Alliance was really in full effect. You know, this was obviously they were planting the seeds, but their first feud, the Mega Powers, was against the Mega Bucks. We had DiBiase and Andre. This was the first ever SummerSlam main event. You had Jesse Ventura as a ref. Elizabeth, Elizabeth out there. So Mach was in some as champion was in some high profile main event matches, but um it was different back then. Like he they weren't like setting them up and him knocking them down like every other week. It wasn't like he was out there defending it like a guy would now. Obviously, there was less TV, but for the most part, you got to consider it a super successful run, holding it over a year. And um, yeah, the mega powers would eventually explode. We've already you know, kind of touched on why it was lust in his eyes, but <laughs> Savage and Hogan, they developed, I, I feel like a bond and it was all good until Hulk Hogan. Do, do you remember the exact moment when um, I guess this all started? Do you kind of remember how this dissension it was, started? Uh, wasn't it at SummerSlam and Hogan picked her up and put her on his shoulder and like right. Hogan, uh, I'm sorry, Macho Man looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, it was it was they, it was the main event too. So it was oh, like okay. a like a taping right around then though. And it was um they were taking on the twin towers. Elizabeth got injured accidentally. Hogan carried her to the back and enraged much. Oh yeah, okay. That's and like that's, the moment I was like a when I realized like how much I actually like wait. I thought that that was I thought that's when he like clobbered him, no. You talking yeah, about backstage? Oh, it's all yeah. one night. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking no, but, about but like there's what another night I think, that like made Mach look at Hogan funny. Yeah, that for the was way he was wasn't that SummerSlam because yeah, yeah, Liz exactly. was in like the um bathing suit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and Hogan like, that, like yeah. picked her up or something, mm-hmm. and that was Summer Macho Slam. Man like yeah. looked at him like, dude, that's my girl. Yeah, it's like a little too, yeah, you're a little too familiar. That was a little too familiar. Yeah, yeah. Liz, then when she showed her red yeah. panties. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I remember when he turned on him. I thought okay. you were saying, like, what initially, like, started, started the, the whole thing. Yeah. And I, were... I'm pretty sure it was SummerSlam. Like, yeah, that was SummerSlam. They even went on after that, though, to have Survivor Series together. Like, they, were, mm-hmm. they weren't exploding yet. But, yeah. Well, Rumble Hogan accidentally eliminated Savage. And then they started the fight until Liz separated them. But they kept, like, they stayed together and then they finally exploded. Like I mentioned, the main event. Do you remember when Mach was backstage? Like, um, you know, that she was on the gurney, Liz was on the gurney. Do you remember like this whole 
sort of um, explosion, like it finally coming to a head. It oh, looks, yeah. looks so real to me. Back it then. does look real. Like when he lost, I obviously didn't watch it live, you know, but like what that guy was going to say, like, this is the moment when I realized how much I really like Mach because that whole thing where Hogan takes Elizabeth to the back and Mach ends up, you know, you know, wondering where his partner's at. He goes back and he does the whole confrontation with Hogan and Liz is laying down and his, he's so manic in that scene. I remember watching that for the first time and being like, oh my God, like this guy is fucking intense, you know? And it was, it's so cool. And it's, it's one of my favorite, like, I don't even know what you would call that. Like uh, moments though in wrestling, you know, where like just watch Cause I never saw a guy where I was just like, dude, the intensity on his face and Hogan being such a cornball back there just makes me laugh. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It was just one, but I, I, I remember vividly. Like, I remember being in my mom's house, just watching this thing, thinking like, man, this guy is cooler than anybody. And then thinking <laughs> it back at that time, you know? So like, that's really when I got on the macho man, like bandwagon where like, I get it, you know, first time I ever watched this promo or whatever. As, a, as an actor though, like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if a lot of dudes back then in Hollywood could pull, pull off. He must've had a legit, you know, streak like yeah, that in real life to be that. A, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think he's acting. Like, I think that's like probably how he felt in his heart with Hogan, you know, like there's a little bit of it. And then they, he got to like express himself. But remember when he would grab like Liz so... under the chin, even, yeah. and you're like, he might yeah. clock her like on live TV. Like he bro, might, he clocked <laughs> Tori Wilson on live TV. Do you remember that? Yeah. You know bro. what I mean? Like eventually like, he a little, yeah, a little, sm- yeah, little sm- he had a little bit of that in him, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was uh, really inc- incredible though to see, I guess this is like a formula. Speaking of his formulas, like the jealousy, break up the friendship that's done to death. And, and it can be done still with movies, wrestling. Like you can have the girl that gets in the in between a friendship. And this was, um, I think the barometer, like this is the, you know, what you look at when you want to model <laughs> yeah. a, a storyline after it, because it's been Lust done since lust in his eyes. It was WrestleMania five. Once again, in AC, Boardwalk Hall, Trump Plaza. So, Duke, you were here. What's your yep. memories of walking into this stadium? Well, this little arena, because I was there recently. It's a little arena, but did it, like, that had to be well, the highlight Well, let of your me childhood. tell you that it did not feel little to me. I remember, like, it's crazy, man. Like, because, you know, I'm like a little kid, you know? Like, my godfather, who is a fucking wonderful human being. They couldn't have picked a better man to be my godfather. Um, He called me and he was like, hey, I got you a birthday present, but I'm not going to give it. My birthday's in February. I'm not going to give it to you until April, if that's okay, or whatever. I don't know if it was late March or April. And um, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I wasn't a jerk kid. Like, I appreciated everything. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, okay. He's like, well, I'm going to take you to WrestleMania. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I freaked out, dude. So the it was booked. And I remember driving up to Trump Plaza and just being like, you know, looking around and like, you know, just so like in awe. And then walking into that place. And um, yeah, man, it might be small, but like it felt so big and mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, man, I'm so thankful that I got to be there. Like, you know, I was a little kid, but still, like, I remember it, man. And, like, I think in life, like, 
you can remember days vividly. They're either very good days or very like traumatic days. And thankfully, this was a fucking great day. And I remember it vividly. Like, I remember almost every match, like what I was doing and stuff. And, um, wow. you know, running over to the side to like try to touch the wrestlers. And yeah, man, it was it was unbelievable. And unfortunately, um, Macho Man turned his back on me oh, wow. and, mm. and the fans. And mm. I had to go with the Hulkster here. Mm. Because, uh I was I was heartbroken. Oh, that, so you're that ten years old here, about? Uh, I think right? I was I think I was nine. Okay, dude, you're so lucky to have gone to that. Like, that's crazy, what I'm saying. Man. Like you yeah, went like to this it's, WrestleMania. It's I haven't been to a WrestleMania, and this guy's trying to get me to go see fucking Cody. Wait, you've never been to a Mania? I've never been to Mania. Oh, I thought you went. What? Since... what? Yeah, I've never been to Mania. I was grounded at the Philly 15, and then I, I just haven't <laughs> been. Sorry, we knew that. I thought you went to the um, New York, the New Jersey, yeah. Oh, oh, the new the uh, once in a lifetime rock and Cena. Yeah, I thought that you no. went to that for some no. reason, and you no. didn't go to. Oh, you were one? at the Rumble. I was at the. You were at the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's like year, my dude. Yeah, that's like my big one for like WWF fandom is that I went to one Rumble that never happened. As far and as you're not going to go to this one. You gotta come. I'm it's in your. Know. It's in your city. Yeah, I know. Well, He's Inglewood. gonna come. It. We're going. If you know, if you people who know LA know Inglewood, it's a trek. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so, okay. SoFi, right? Yeah, it's at SoFi, so that's in right by the Forum. And listen, that that's no excuse. I've been to the Forum. Fucking already. crazy, dude. Have yeah. you been to that stadium? No, I haven't. I li- that this thing past is time so... I went. Oof. Yeah, the last time I went to Dynamite this past time a month ago, whatever, was the first time I've even noticed it because like I'd been to the forum. They're right; it's like right next to the forum, a lot like Lincoln, mm-hmm. whatever the uh, Citizens Bank Park mm-hmm. is. It's a similar vein, like the stadiums right down the road. But um, I never even really saw it because I don't have to go that way. And this past time I went for Dynamite, I was like, "Oh shit, there's that stadium." It's Where what weird. was Dynamite at the forum? It was at the forum. Yeah. Oh wow! Did they block a lot of seats out? Um, no. Well, yeah, no. Just the camera That's side, which always looks so ridiculous when they yeah, yeah but but they even take camera so side many wasn't terrible. Yeah. Oh, cool. But even camera side wasn't terrible. It was more full their first show of the forum. That was their second show of the forum. The first show of the forum was like legit sellout. Like I'm surprised day. that they like let them run there, honestly. Yeah. Like, cause you know, mm-hmm. WWE's bitches about like they're bitch, but that WWE the, they can't run the Staples Center because of WWE, right? Because the oh, forum's okay. the old LA. Okay, exactly. right, 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 right. So that yeah, Staples right. Center now is or Crypto.com right, right. arena. Crypt- yeah, right, yeah, Crypto. <laughs> no, you're gonna come, man. It's WrestleMania 39. It's, it's my birthday, <laughs> and you're gonna come, Frank. I mean, real quick though, Frank. Like Cody versus Roman is about as big as the Mega Powers. Ah, uh, so. yeah. Apparently. To me, it feels <laughs> like somebody. It. You know when well, it'll you be could really go big? and hate on Cody. It'll genuinely that big be that big once Sammy's involved in the match, and then I told John that's when I'll go. Hey, so Sa- you're Sammy Zayn guy, huh? Sammy goes. You're Sammy Zayn guy. I'm a Sammy guy. Yeah. Well, fucking gun to my head. Yeah, I'm a Sammy Zayn guy. Holy shit. Yo, I'll tell you what. This is the most interested I am in. Probably twenty years, so I'm going. Yeah, shocker. I'm not That's shocker. not true. That's not. It true. is. No, it's not. In <laughs> twenty years, easy. John, 20, twenty years. Did you go to WrestleMania twenty? Yeah. What year was that? Two thousand four. <laughs> so okay, nineteen almost. But I, I feel, so, th- but that was never like my guy. Get out of here! You crowned his ass. 
Yeah, as a as a goat, but not a favorite. It's like, <laughs> I was cheering for kind of like install my heat. I did steal your heat. No, dude, this is the big. Not only the Cody thing, but Roman nine hundred days. They just done a good job. This this building it is a it is You've a big been deal. Invested it's in the last twenty. Not as much as this. It's a big deal, right? And like I get it, but I get fucking annoyed where like Duke's like, oh yeah. My WrestleMania, I saw fucking yeah, the yeah, mega sorry. powers explode. And yeah. you're good. You're trying to convince me that Cody Rhodes, not you guys, you know what I'm saying, but like that this shit's important. Like, and I get it. Yeah, I I'm trying even, to convince you because I've I tried to, I've tried to like think about it and go, listen, it's Roman who's having like whether we like it or not, legendary run versus Cody, mm-hmm. who like this could be his moment, this could be the thing, and I could say like I'm there for like a moment, but this that's how much I fucking dislike Cody. Can I? I can I sell you on Mania thing. though, real quick? Go for it. I'll give you like a couple of sentences and you'll be there. All right. Seth freaking Rollins (laughs) versus Logan by God Paul. That's Mm. true. You don't have to go on that night. We're going to go on night two. I know. We're going to go night two when Cody finishes the story. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens come April or whatever. Come on, Frank. I feel like you'll go. You just like doing stuff. I feel like you'll go just to do something. That's probably how I'll end up going. Like, yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, FOMO the night before. I'm going to get a ticket. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. Well, Well, now we need to sit together. Yeah. Well, this guy went to WrestleMania five. So I'm not, I'm (laughs) not saying that arena, like, of course, when you're a kid, like, it was probably larger than life. I saw AEW there. It's not small, but like, when I was in there, I'm like imagining WrestleMania four in this arena. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like I'm a grown, you know, I'm grown now. So it's like, yeah, but um, I'm I sure do, it was fucking it, epic. It felt, it felt enormous That's when awesome. I was there. Like it's that, yeah, that banner, I, man. That's so iconic. Truly, the big giant truly banner. grateful. Truly grateful. Shout out to Mike, my godfather. Fucking yeah, shout out to the, the best, greatest godfather. Best dudes, one of the best dudes uh, on the planet. Since Marlon Brando, <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> I read that prior to the match, the WrestleMania five match, that Savage actually was hospitalized with an infected elbow, mm. checked himself out of the hospital early, kind of bounced against doctor's mm. wishes to do this match for Hogan. And, um, you know, funny because funny you say that, because in that match, if you notice, he has a that's very well taped up elbow. Yeah, it was clearly uh, some, maybe it was MRSA or something, but he had some bad yeah. infection. Um so we know how they exploded. We know Hogan must pose, got the title back, right back. So a year later, basically, Macho Man, Atlantic City, wins the title, drops it a year later in AC. Pretty crazy stuff. Back to Hogan. And after this match, Liz kind of stayed with Hogan, and we saw the slow transition from Macho Man with Elizabeth to Macho Man with another female valet. The Macho King persona sort of came after mm-hmm. this. And we want, we have to get into that a little bit because um, it was weird, man. Like like I said, when, when I started watching, it was 91. I would only see the Macho King stuff in retrospect. And it was like this dude was so um, like villainous and evil. And he pulled it off. Like you saw, you said last week, if you could pull off both face and heel, that makes that's the mark of a legend. You know, yeah. and don't you guys think like Mach was as good a heel as he was a face? And do you have yeah, a preference? I, I agree. I prefer heel Mach. Hmm. Okay. Personally. But may, like I said, maybe it's because after I saw everything after the fact, you know, so it's like maybe I just dig that vibe. I've always been more of like the 
anti-hero counterculture type of fan. You know what I mean? So maybe that's what I like about it. Because I, I don't, I don't like Cody Rhodes, come to think of it. It's not as I said he's a super fraud and I don't believe anything like this. But uh <laughs> but you know, I just I just like like I but like I told you guys, I him cutting that promo and Hogan in the back, you know what I mean, and, and attacking Hogan, like that turn really put him over the top. A lot of the the stuff that I was watching, like of his live, he was kind of either leaning bad guy or he was full on heel in WCW, you know. So it's just I prefer that version of Mach to me. I don't think of him as a good guy. It's almost funny to me. It's almost awkward to me when I do watch his stuff and he's the clear baby face. It's almost like, oh, I just think of you as like an angry douche, you know, but mm. but I get it. Watch him as a raw commentator. He was a blazing. No, no, yeah. You know, I've heard that stuff too. You know, like, but I said, it's funny to me when I hear him mm-hmm. so positive. I'm just like, bro, bro. I don't yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so For me, the Macho King was always weird. Like, Cause like he's the macho man, you know? And like, I remember like as a kid, like the macho King, I was like, I don't really like this, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it, it didn't matter. Cause it was Randy Savage and I was always going to cheer for him, but I was never a big fan of like the macho King. I always mm-hmm. preferred macho man. Mm-hmm. I did like his outfits though. His brand, that's going to say that his, uh, and then, like I said, I have a soft spot for wrestle, uh, macho King, uh, Randy Savage, like era, but like his gear in that time, I I liked it. I liked those. Yep. I liked those capes that he yep. would wear. I liked yep. his gear as I liked the crown on versus like mm-hmm. I'm not cowboy. I'm not a fan of cowboy hat botch. I like the headband. Yeah. Or you know when he was the king and we're rocking. Yeah, this crown. is when he started transitioning too. Like his Macho Man was wearing like the short tights, like purple, mm-hmm. and then like for the most part, purple tights, yellow boots, yellow knee pads, mm-hmm. and then he started doing like crazy stuff like yeah. um. Yeah, we talked about outfits, his gear, like, like wearing, at Royal like, Rumble 1990. Yeah, that blue, that's iconic. Electric now, blue. You know? Yeah, like, um, and he started wearing, like, the top now with the long pants yeah, and, like, yeah. the tasseled jackets and stuff, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Macho, I'm always going to cheer for. I was just always a fan of the Macho Man over the King. It's weird how back in the day they used to sort of defend the King of the Ring as a title or like yeah. a you know you can win the crown yeah. as a so that's kind of what happened. How Savage adopted the moniker the Macho King. He defeated Jim Duggan Hacksaw for that moniker. Um, kind of started calling himself the King of the WWF, led by the Genius for a minute, and um, it was cool because like he had the scepter, which would come into play yep. <laughs> many times. Yep. Warrior would find that out. Um, million dollar scepter. Yeah, the million dollar scepter, but. There was a feud in the midst of all this that we talked about Cody, but Dusty Rhodes and Macho King got met. They got, you know, it's weird because, yeah, it was just weird because like Dusty Rhodes had this long historic career, but then the polka dots has already been talked about. But the fact that he didn't really have, um, I feel like a shining moment on a big stage, even though he had this great feud with Mach, it's like weird that they weren't able to bring out more from dusty i don't know if it's an oil and water thing like how do you think because they had this the mixed tag match with sherry with sherry and Mach mm. versus sapphire and dusty which is typical wwf stuff but they did have a singles match at SummerSlam 90 and it just doesn't it was short it was yeah, like wasn't it like six minutes or something six minutes like or so yeah. and it's just weird because um if anyone would have got something out of dusty do you think dusty was just at his last like at the last leg duke 
I honestly think that he was kind of set up for a mid card spot. That's you know, what like I, was I don't, say, yeah. I don't think Vince ever saw mm-hmm. any. I mean, look at the guys that Vince pushed historically. None mm-hmm. of them look like Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. you know. And like in retrospect, I feel like the the WWE now has like put on respect on Dusty's name. But like back then, like you know, it was the Not same thing that. with Ronnie Garvin, man. We when we reviewed that uh the Royal Rumble, you know, like Ronnie Garvin was NWA World Champion. Mm-hmm. They made him a fucking referee in the WWE, like. Yeah. Dusty comes least, in, they yeah. dress him like a fucking clown, like they put him in polka dots. Like I At feel least with like Ronnie, he... you know that he was limited, right? Where Dusty No, for top, sure. Top but guy. anytime yeah. like Vince brought these guys in that were already established, he mm-hmm. this you know, there was a ceiling for them. Unless it was a guy that he took and then you know, that was like a mid carter or below and you know, put the shine on him, Undertaker, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that. But I think Dusty was just like not in Vince's plans to be like a big deal. And it's a shame because you couldn't, I don't know, man, Dusty Rhodes versus Hulk Hogan. It sounds pretty mm-hmm. cool to me, you know? Like, I just think it was one of those things where he wasn't a Vince guy, typical Vince guy. He was yeah. too big without Vince. So Vince probably always had that against him. And then yep. not for nothing. I think Dusty was maybe in like the worst shape at that point of his career. Yeah. You know, up until by the time he got to Vince's company, and I think Vince was just like, yeah, I just don't. He's not my kind of guy. For sure. You know? So he's just you're yeah. not ever going to. It be seemed like Dusty, guy. too, like like to get real with his in his feuds. Like he would he would kind of bring in a lot of um, just real, real uh, like energy. And the WWF was all cartoonish and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was I like, mean, his remember his like, uh, what do you call him? The vignettes for him? Like, yeah, they were silly, rude, bro. They were they like, was a cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a pizza delivery man. He was a right. plumber. Plumber, was like whatever it was, you know. But I also yeah, think I mean, it's more... a, a, a good move for Vince, just like so. You're not anywhere else. Like I'll have you. You're not gonna do shit here. Yeah, you're yeah. Not, you're not gonna be somewhere yeah. else, like making somebody money. I feel like the WWE still him. does that. They definitely you know, like do it now. Why the fuck is why why is Gallows and Anderson on that roster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They like, definitely are you kidding do it nowadays, me? For sure. Like. I want to talk about so late 1990 Savage started a feud with the cha- the champion at the time was the Ultimate Warrior. So mm-hmm. we saw this feud escalate. Duke, do you remember when cuz you brought this up recently when Sherry pleaded with Warrior to give oh, Savage yeah. a uh, title shot? She looked like an angel. <laughs> but there were some a lot of innuendos going on in there. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Sort of uh, on her knees begging and like warrior <laughs> with those big ass teeth yep shows his teeth like he's you know like he's gonna do the thing and then he she kisses him and he spits mm-hmm. it out i remember the shit out of this dude i i love this <clears throat> angle but yeah. uh yeah it was funny because sherry always wore like the scary makeup and stuff and then she comes out in like a white dress she's all pure no no crazy makeup, you know, she's just got like cover up on and lipstick and mm-hmm. she's trying to be all proper and stuff. And yeah, man, she begged the warrior man and he wasn't having it. He said, no, no. <laughs> and my, and Mach had to get some revenge somehow. So warrior fought Sergeant Slaughter at the Royal Rumble. Savage comes out, hits him with that million dollar scepter. Stiff shot. When I was a kid and I saw oh, that yeah. VHS, thought it was legit. Thought he shattered some glass over his head. 
I mean, nasty it, stuff. But it was though. It did shatter. Like it did happen. Yeah. You know? it just, like, was it like? Yeah. It looked. It looked great. And well, led... back then they hit each other with real guitars. So who the hell knows? True. Dude, right? Not these Jarrett uh, gimmicked. <laughs> yeah, air, gimmick air guitars. guitars. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was Macho Man and Warrior, and this story has a lot of uh, chapters, and the most famous one is obviously wrestlemania 7 this is dude you listed the wrestlemania 7 match between warrior and savage career ending match as your favorite match of all time depending on the day i'm sure uh it could be in the rotation of the top three but that's what you said is the goat for you this is a match that if you want to show somebody what professional wrestling is i think this is as good a match as any to show them yeah, because and... it's not about, you know, just wrestling. It's about, again, for me, I like storytelling. This match tells us tells a story from finish to end, from pre-match, post-match. I talked about it at length. Watch the our favorite matches of all time episode or listen to it. Um, yeah, episode 28, you'll hear our all-time yeah, and, favorite and matches. And I just think that, for me, if I'm going to show somebody like what wrestling is like, there you go, man. Enjoy. Easily in my favorite matches of all time, too, um, for sure. And the thing about this one is. I guess, you know, the fans probably knew at that time, I would imagine that Warriors not going to lose that match. But, you know, when you're a kid and like I wasn't smartened up. So when I'm watching this you know, VHS, like, I didn't know this is how Savage's career, quote unquote, ended here. Like, I didn't know this is how he was, you know, because when I was watching, he was, you know, fighting to get reinstated. But to see that what led up to it was really cool. And it once again, all revolves around post-match. We'll get to the finish. But Liz is involved in this again. Like, she's part of the story. She, and uh, when you when you see this match... The seven was it seven elbow drops, five elbow drops. I always get this confused. Five, I think it was five, five, yeah, yeah. Five elbow elbow drops. The match isn't um like this chain wrestling. It's not like this quick, fast paced thing. It's full of moments. It's slow paced. There's some outside the ring stuff. Sherry's involved, but this WrestleMania seven match, I can't say enough about it. You got to go back and watch it. it. It ultimately led to Macho Man retiring though, briefly, and talk about the post match stuff. Frank, you know how this went down with um, Sherry post-match? Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elizabeth. No, I mean, I saw all this after the fact again, but like very pro-wrestling. You know, it's like very pro-wrestling angle, you know? But like, but as we've said a million times on the show, that's more John's thing and maybe not so much my thing. Like when we discuss a match, but when it's done right, it could be good, right? We I gave a high score to Roman with in the Sammy storyline at the Rumble, right? Just because story purposes for uh entertainment purposes, you know, it's done right. And like I think this Macho Man uh warrior match is probably like up there is like one of the best, you know, storytelling matches in terms of the match, the post match, what it led to, you know, like it's about as good as you could have it. And the moments like you said with Liz coming in the ring and Mach fighting her off still because he thinks it's Sherry who was putting the boots to him, you know, or whatever, you know, it just, it works, you know, it's a moment. The crowd cares obviously. And, and it's the end of macho man's career. 
it's funny you bring that into like the bloodline thing because it is like all about the post match mm-hmm. and it's about what the crowd wants and ultimately they wanted Sammy to you know swing that chair on Roman. Yeah. Crowd wanted Liz and Mach yeah. back together and it's so cool, Duke. You you list this match amongst your favorites because of all that stuff, right? The whole package, not just oh, yeah. the I mean, stuff. no, sure. Like the match, I thought even like the ending of the match was very original. Like yeah. Warrior, like you know, beats the shit out of him. Macho Man rolls to the outside. You know, he keeps like trying to avoid it, and then finally he just gets him in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, Warrior with one foot. Just covers him and that's doesn't he that. shoulder was, block him? Like, isn't it like a? a it's not yeah. even. Yeah, it's just a shoulder block. And he roll. He rolls mm-hmm. out of the ring. Remember, because he's like trying to avoid it, and it's just, it's cool because it's just, it's so like unique. I think, mm-hmm. like even the match alone, and then the commentary is unbelievable. Like, and then the you know, the post match stuff like Bobby. Um. You know, he's talking about Liz. He loves, she loves him. Yeah. He she loves, loves him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like just all the, <laughs> the beginning the or whatever from the beginning. I think he says he loved him from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just everything is just so good. It's like the perfect <laughs> storm. And then, you know, obviously the, I don't know if you could say infamous, but the people crying in the crowd, like, yeah, that's just is it Macaulay at that like. Macaulay Culkin, I think. I think so. That. As a as a little, because I think like Gorilla is like, look at that young man. Exactly. I always remember that, that. You know, but yeah. Um, I think that if you, Frank, I'd be interested if you showed your girlfriend this. Yeah. To see how she would react, you know. That's I think if one. you show yeah, a person, yeah, you know, like who doesn't know to quote you shit about shit, mm-hmm. and like I think you will get emotionally invested in this match, you know. I want to yeah, know who what doesn't love so, a good like, love story, right? I want to know exactly. what her thoughts like, will I, be. If on, I show uh, like the proper build, you know, then you know, get yeah, you need a to build. Bit. I want to know what her thoughts would be on Liz's sweater or sweatshirt. Do you guys remember what she's <laughs> wearing during this? The nineties, yeah, maybe with it's the like stars. stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was drip. cool. It's cool. To yeah. to to me too. Almost, I don't know. It probably has nothing to do with anything. But when I see Liz sitting in like the crowd, right, wearing that outfit, I'm like, yeah, she's totally gonna help Macho. You know, she looks <laughs> like she's dressed like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like wearing like her Macho Man shirt. You know, right? So like when I think of it from that aspect, I'm like, that's oh, kind of like a little. Also, oh, another thing in yeah, this match, so... Macho Man comes to the ring wearing white, oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. is kind of like yeah. white. You know, there the white go. hat, the, the good guy, the baby you know, face. Like, it is a turn foreshadowing. If, yeah, yeah yep. for sure. Good foreshadowing because it is a turn like post match. Mach is a baby face again, but he's got to go. He's retired technically, quote unquote, lost the match. And that's the rules. So he sort of shifted into a role as a broadcaster, even though I did a little, you know, reading. He was apparently wrestling on some joint WWF cards in Japan still. So he was still kind of mm-hmm. working, staying Staying in great shape, but um, retired on TV anyway. And a storyline with Liz continued because they ended up going match made in heaven. SummerSlam 91. This is when I came in. And honestly, like, I know they had some really weird obsessions with wrestling weddings, especially when I go back and watch like mm-hmm. Uncle Elmer and the Mad Dog Bashan <laughs> or one of the Bashans. Vince loved these wrestling weddings. I don't know if this was an old carny thing from before Vince, but 
there's always a way to have a wrestling wedding and it lead to chaos. Mm-hmm. Like, but this one didn't like, this was a straight up wedding on a pay-per-view that ended in just like a, I do, I do, or and wait, that was the main event. They said, right? they said, Oh Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Duke, That's I think right. this was an intermission, right? Was this like right before an intermission or did this had, I think this was in I the this middle ended of the, the show. I, I believe remember. this was the middle. I thought of it the ended card. the show. Really? I feel yeah, like I think you're thinking like how it should be, <laughs> but I feel like because we're talking about you know what, man? Because SummerSlam '91, like I always had the VHS that was taped by my cousin. It always cut out right after um one of the matches, and I don't know how they structured it, yeah. like in real life. Like how was this presented? Maybe do a little research on that. But Duke. There, there was so much with this wedding that we called it the match made in heaven. And this, these guys were tar- these this couple, this this it couple was targeted by a sadistic villain named Jake the Snake Roberts because at their reception, <laughs> we got a, a present from one snake that would reveal <laughs> to reveal a little cobra in a box, a little a little snake in a box. Do you remember this stuff like? All this Jake the Snake getting involved with Macho Man, just turning full evil demonic villain. Because this is where I got like hooked, man. I was all in on this. Yeah, I feel like it came out of nowhere too. Because like Jake was like a good guy, and like I don't know when exactly he turned bad, but I remember it being like I don't know, kind of strange. Because like he was always like a you know, even though he's not like this blazing ass baby face, he was a fan favorite, you know, mm-hmm. so for him to like turn on him. It was, Maybe it was, it was the weird. arrogance in the eye. Like, remember, because he was blinded for a while. Maybe that fucked with his yeah. head. Maybe it went yeah, to his probably. head. That's and, uh, toxic. The arrogance can be toxic. But yeah, it was the post-wedding uh, reception and Jake and his new ally taker. They made their presence known. And uh, Liz was frightened. It was it was all done so well. Once again, when it's done well. You know, we love it. It's 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 uh the story aspect. It's the entertainment side of wrestling, sports entertainment side. And this would uh this would be the feud, in my opinion, that defined like my childhood, the Jake the Snake Macho Man feud, because it was centered around Liz again. Jake laid hands on Liz, gave her a little smack at, at and, and that's like taboo, man. You know, even now, obviously it is. But back then, you're talking about a man laying a hand on a woman mm-hmm. and macho man coming back for, for revenge. There was so much stuff going on here, but Jack Tony would not reinstate macho man to have the official match. And that's so weird when you think about it, like a baby face president wouldn't reinstate a baby face wrestler to get revenge on a man who's like laying hands on the rules, bro. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. Um. But eventually, it happened. Macho Man was reinstated. And it's cool because, like, these guys, you know, they carried out this feud and it didn't culminate at a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just different. Like, it culminated at Saturday Night's main event, which is bizarre, you know? It's like... How how would that go nowadays if you just had this big feud and it ended on, like, a, a dynamite? I mean, I guess yeah, that could happen, like a raw. or like a raw. But it would happen, and people like you, people like you, would be in our text and in our chat group, blowing a gasket. It. Why is this not on pay per view? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
exactly. That's that would have been little me too, complaining. Yeah, yeah. I read this. <laughs> so you guys know the spot where Savage um had his, you know, his arm bit by J- by Jake's snake. So Jake comes out, yeah. attaches the snake. Obviously, we know that spot. I read that Sid Justice was originally supposed to be the victim of this snake bite, and it was going to lead hmm. to like Savage rescuing him, and then it was going to tie. I have no idea where that news, like that story comes from, <laughs> yeah, but no. it, it's like, hmm. it's just so random. But um, I can see that Sid snake being bite like, spot, though. <laughs> sorry, I think that snake bite spot yeah, is one of the craziest. Like, it's crazy. Spots. Yeah. It looks like there's a fucking snake biting this yeah. dude's arm. You know? <laughs> Literally. I think he was, I think he was uh, scared of snakes too. I think they say Randy Savage was like actually like legit scared of snakes. So shows what a pro the guy is, but that shit is scary. I mean, there's a oh, snake. Man. For those who haven't watched this, Snake grabs onto his bicep. It's just biting, digging into his arm. It's so blood wild dripping. There's blood dripping. Yeah, blood. It's legit. The story goes that as look, I love Jake, but we know Jake likes to tell stories. But Jake's version yeah. is Mach comes to him and says, I'm not taking that snake bite until you let it bite you. <laughs> I'm not going to let it bite me until I know it's really devenomized. So you got to let it bite. So Jake says he let the snake bite him first. <laughs> I'm like, who knows Jeez. if that's true? But dude, what a what a circus! And also though, like talk about without this moment, the Jake the Snake character, his snake is kind of just like a prop. Without like this moment, right? Like this is yeah. the moment that like validates the whole Jake the Snake character in a way because the snake was a part of this match and it's proof. Because he used to just lay it on a guy after a match, the yeah, big yeah, you know. But it's just Damian yeah, exactly, was like big laid on the guy, yeah. yeah. But this one, and he would bit. scare the shit out of Andre with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one fucking bit though. This one was a legit, he was a legit yeah. threat. This little this little bastard. So it's yeah. crazy, man. Um, I mentioned it. February eighth, ninety two was when Jake and Sa- um, Macho Man had their blow off match. It was Saturday night's main event. Macho Man got the win, but you know, it's weird because after that, it, it all segued into Jake and Taker. Jake was soon out, you know, gone from the WWF. It was a blip in time, but um, for me, it felt like a long drawn out soap opera and all this stuff with Liz. It's just, it keeps coming back to her involvement being so vital to the uh, macho man career. And the next thing up true to uh, true to form was the Ric Flair thing and the Ric Flair feud. She was mine before she was yours. This um, man, once again, I believed it. They had me as a kid in the magazines, the pictures, Photoshop wasn't a thing. Duke, were you seeing through this stuff? Like, you were a Flair fan. So did you know, like, okay, Ric Flair wasn't with Elizabeth once upon a time? Or did you believe, like, maybe this was true? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know in the moment that I believed it was true. I think I was probably... I was probably smart to the business by then. I probably knew it was a work. What year was this? So this is 92. So you're 14, 13 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew by then. Okay. But I still enjoyed the shit out of it. I laughed at it, you know, like Flair was hilarious. And like I said, he was like um one of the first bad guys I liked. So and to me, this is probably my favorite opponent for Macho. Mm-hmm. As much as I love that Macho Warrior um match, I think these guys like their chemistry like was just unbelievable. And it's weird too, because we talked about like the meticulous nature of macho man and how he would have to like plan everything out. 
And then on the other side, Ric Flair is known as just like, all right, kid, you know, I'll call everything in the ring, you know? So I bet that was interesting. Their little (laughs) pre-match stuff. But to me, this is like, this is my favorite feud for Macho Man. This is my favorite opponent. I mean, I love Ric Flair too. He's in my all-time top favorites. But uh, these guys, their chemistry and like Liz in, in between it, like, the whole, I mean, everything. It's just all there for me personally. Yeah. And I, I mentioned Liz being, you know, the <clears throat> vital part of this storyline. And Macho Man, you know, I feel like nowadays, remember when they tried to do this with briefly with like Austin and The Rock? They tried to involve Deborah. And it was like mm-hmm. going into their yeah. WrestleMania 17 match, I think it was. It's like you don't need yeah, yeah. like. Sometimes no, you don't need weird. the uh, the no. the big you know story to soap opera, but when yeah, the guys are yeah. right, like Flair and Savage, it's, it works. Yeah, yeah, I mean Rock, that wasn't his character, you know. Right. Like he didn't, he wasn't like this like playboy, you know, styling and profiling. The Rock talked shit, you know, mm-hmm. and like would clown people and stuff. That was really weird for them to ever include Deborah in that. I think they wanted like. You know the personal thing. Yeah, but exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. Like sometimes you don't need it. Was yeah. Sometimes you just have the two you, best. No, I agree with you guys, and you guys you are know? saying that. But that Austin Rock one, I did remember when Stone Cold said something to like Rock in like one of those like interviews they were doing like with each other, and he said like if anything happens with Deborah, you know what I mean? Like he was just warning the Rock, and it just made it feel yeah. more real to me as a yeah. kid, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At that time, when is that? Ninety eight, ninety nine, or something like that. You know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm so yeah. young. So I'm probably thinking think. like it does help, but I agree with you long term. Like people don't even remember Deborah being involved in that shit at all, you know. But I do remember the Rock. I mean, Stone Cold specifically saying to the Rock, "Yeah, you better fucking watch her." I was yeah. thinking though, like the title. I remember. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go where you're saying. No, go ahead, John. I just remember um, Austin saying, "Like I have to beat you, Rock." Yeah, exactly. You know, like ultimately that that's the most me. memorable. Yeah. yeah, and that was almost like a foreshadow because he had to do whatever it took, and then he mm-hmm. fucking beat the shit out of him. He, you know, he yeah. goes heel and turn, you know, joins Vince and all that stuff. But sure, whatever you need to like get more, I guess you know, personal, more people involved. Yeah, or personal, but like with they didn't need it. This was like. Ric Flair is a jerk off that was a womanizer. You know, it, it mm-hmm. worked in this storyline. Yeah. And I remember um, once again, being a kid and like Flair, he was doing scumbag stuff, but even like my cousin thought he was cool. Like, like there, there were kids yeah. that still liked Ric Flair. <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah, they sure. weren't all in on macho man getting the uh, revenge. And it's just, it's just speaks yeah. to how well, like, it's, it's a lot like, you know, you think about now, like, with like rappers and stuff like how the kids like it's all about money and like Mm -hmm. you know they want all the finest stuff and like you know like flair was always well dressed he had the rolex he had the limousines you know a lot of these kids were fans of that dude's (laughs) yeah exactly like yeah um my one buddy troy said like the impact that rick flair has had on like black culture it's like crazy you know what i mean so like but you know that's kind of what drew me to him like it was like damn man look how cool this guy is you know and like he presented himself once again presentation presented himself as the shit like i remember when he was in the nwa 
he would hold that title up and be like, this is the world heavyweight championship. Like, this mm-hmm. is the belt. And then what happens when he wins it in WWF? This is the most coveted prize in sports today, you know? Like, like a tear in his eye. You tell me, I'm going to believe it, you know? Yeah, that shit matters, you know? It makes yeah, things for feel sure. important. You got to tell the story of why these things are fighting for mm-hmm. are so important, you know? Exactly. So this could have been... Which is been why Rick- no belts feel important today. <laughs> Uh, dude, I don't know, man. This, this, I can't even name what the hell it's called. WWE Undisputed Heavyweight <laughs> Title. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That title WWE feels big time to me Undisputed. right now. I mean, well, you got 900 days strong. You might have got like, it right finally. Um, but anyway. Well, they don't even know what it's called. Like, even the guys on TV, like, don't even know what to say. Yeah. Sammy called it something earlier, like, shortened in the title. But, um, mm-hmm. I, I like I have to talk about how it was going to be Hogan and Flair and we we covered this before but like yeah that would have been epic and I, I wish that mm-hmm. happened but we did get treated to this match and this feud exactly. which stands the test of time it's two of the guys we love um I feel like we got to talk about the post-match thing with Mach real quick though when he does defeat Ric Flair spoiler warning for a second WWF title. Real quick, real yeah. quick. We talked about the foreshadowing at WrestleMania 7. He comes out wearing white, leaves as a baby face. In mm. this one, he came in wearing gold. Yep. And, and that's with the gold. some of my favorite gear ever that he has on. In that and I wonder, I really wonder if like that was planned. You know what I mean? I wonder if yeah. he did that on purpose. No I think doubt. so. Because I feel like you, I feel like you see wrestlers do that shit a lot. Like you see them when they're like, their championship gear and you're like oh yeah. this looks like this looks like some gear you're going to win the world title in you know yeah. like you have, stuff like that kind of happened so I wouldn't be sure but he was like the first one to do it yeah yeah. you know what's funny too you said this is one of your favorite gears John and it's like and I agree it's like iconic and all that but I don't love it you know like I mm. do when I you see don't it, love it's the like, top just... like this because he's wearing yeah, a top I, I think or... it's just the top period you know yeah. what I mean like typically mm. when he had a top on I just didn't love that yeah. give me a cape Pop your shirt off bro. Yeah. give me a cape give me a guy in a robe you know something like that yeah where this was just like I know I get it and it is iconic and like I think of him like I have versions of this match in my like you know um my fire pro wrestling or whatever yeah know, yeah, yeah. it's like so iconic but it's not like my favorite look of matches we're we're also like nitpicking because this dude's gear was always like uh, epic he had a, he so, had a million different yeah 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 but exactly. um he post- had a lot of a lot of costumes man mm-hmm. holy yeah shit. i gotta give props to seth rollins who like changed his direction with his gear always the black trunks and we always be like oh another dude black trunks black kick pads i like the gear this dude's been wearing over the last year where he's in- including a lot of the colors and i don't mm-hmm. know i mean not not necessarily like the suits and all that but his ring gear it makes him stand out more so I'll give him a little bit of props. The post-match thing, though, with Ric Flair, uh, after the Flair match, when Savage hands the belt to Liz, take this and go. This is yours. Like, he was, like, fired up still after the match. He's like, that's just a piece. Like, he he was always intense, but after he even got the revenge, he was still, like, out for blood because it felt like a blood feud. Like, you felt like this dude hated Ric Flair for trying to tamper with his marriage and shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, the believability with Mach, I don't know. There's not many guys that, that had what he had. And yeah. you said it because probably that's who he was, right? Like he was an yeah, intense dude. For sure. And you also brought up how like, this was supposed to be Hogan and Mach. 
and that look, I Hogan mean, and Flair, yeah. and that become uh, Hogan and Flair. I'm sorry, and that looks like to be like one of those things that they missed out on. But I can't. I could imagine myself as a wrestling fan, like if I lived this, being like more excited for a guy who's more of a fan of work rate than like a Hogan match, for example. Like I get it, the nature of like Hogan being the champ of the WWF and Flair of the NWA, but. For like a fan perspective, I'd be like, I probably would have been stoked if this was the mania I was going to. And instead of having to see like Hogan, it'd be like instead of having to see like, you know, Danielson versus John Cena, you got Danielson mm-hmm. versus whoever your best favorite work rate guy is mm-hmm. punk at WrestleMania. Right. I would have been like way more gassed on that, even mm-hmm. if the big dream match was the one we missed out on, you know. So like when I look at it from that, of course, obviously, Flair and Maj end up having a million matches, you know, and it loses a little bit of that like legendary status in terms of the matchup because it happens so often but i could see myself being like way more into this matchup than anything with hogan what about the fact that it didn't even close the show though it's for the wwf title and sid and hogan end the show and that match ain't even a clean finish it's dq hogan bro imagine doing that now in a wrestlemania that match is garbage honestly is that when sid kicks out yeah Yeah. Yeah. papa sean appearance. You guys yeah, know, like, random. I love Sid, too. Like, um, and I love yeah. Hogan, but that match is just not, I don't no. even think it's good, let alone great. But that's just Hogan. I'm completely. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say. How, no, I was. How, that's <laughs> right. How, remember how Savage and Steamboat stole the show from Hogan and Andre? Mm-hmm, yeah. Obviously, Sid's not Andre yeah. or anything like that. But look at that. Another, how many years later is that? Uh, Six or seven years later. Match on the undercard, mm-hmm. stealing it from Hogan. Like, yeah, main event, bro. But look at my matches. Look main at my event. feuds. Look at my details. It's only it's only four years later. Or no, you said WrestleMania three. Yeah, so three to yeah, that would oh, be yeah, five. six. Yeah, five or six. six. Let's do no, math. Three to nine. It's <laughs> six. Yeah, we're not we're not mathematicians. We're three to eight. It's WrestleMania eight. It's also. Oh, WrestleMania. It's, it's also funny to see how like you hear do- we'll get it right. like, you hear dorks like Triple H just like be like the title has to go on last. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he instead of Hogan and Rock, you know, famously and him and Jericho went right. last. But it's like mm-hmm. that's not the president. You know, you hit Triple H and Taker went last, you know, uh Hogan and fucking Sid went last, you know. So it's sort of like sometimes like a Bam Bam and LT went last. Yeah, Bam Bam and LT. Yeah. So, like, I always hated when Triple H was like, the title has to be the most important because he's in the title match. You know of what course. I mean? sort of, right. Like, At that time, yeah. If if Macho Man and Ric Flair could fucking not be the main event, Triple H and Chris Jericho does not have to be the fucking main yeah. event. I'm sorry. That's a good point. Um, Let's move on because for the better part of 92, Savage and his old nemesis, Warrior, rekindled this little uh, – this is a strange time. There's a strange rivalry here between Warrior and, and Savage that – I believe this was before they understood that a triple threat match could happen because <laughs> Ric Flair is presented. I'm skipping ahead to SummerSlam 92 and mm-hmm. Ric Flair is on the outside of the ring with Mr. Perfect. And he's sort of involved in this feud between Warrior and Savage. But do you think uh, do you think I'm on to something there like where they just couldn't? Obviously, it was unheard of to have a three man match, a triple threat match, a triangle match. Or do you just feel like Duke, what's your opinion here? Because I always got lost on this. Yeah, it, it was Rivalry. definitely weird, and um, I think in the feud, like, uh, Mr. Perfect was saying that he was gonna help both of them. Right? Wasn't that like part was, of it? Yeah, it was yes. a weird thing. I don't know. Maybe Perfect. Maybe it could have been like those guys against Perfect and Flair or something. 
They could have done something well, else. Well, that was going to be Survivor match... Series, you know? That was going to Yeah, be. yeah. But this match just, um, it lacked. I mean, it just, it's an afterthought, really. Like, Warrior comes back, he's got the singlet on with, like, the fake muscles. And <laughs> it was just very weird. Like, it's yeah, very it's, forgettable. It's a like, shame, because um, they, they had the WrestleMania 7. Yeah, and, like, you know, they had chemistry and stuff, you know? It just, uh, I guess it was, like, lightning in the bottle type thing you know um yeah i had to mention weird. it i had to mention yeah. it because this was well, like real sort quick, of yeah i did want to talk about macho man and warrior just one thing that uh you know i don't know if people are familiar the listeners are familiar with like the working handshake and wrestling wrestlers will shake hands very softly and that's to show that um there's no heat between two guys or girls or whatever um and even when uh, Macho Man shakes hands with like Vince McMahon when he's on TNT, like he's very gingerly, he shakes his hand very softly. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ultimate Warrior talked about this in an interview. He said that first off, him and Macho Man were like good buddies and they would kind of try to outdo each other. They would drink like pots of coffee. Imagine that. <laughs> they were all jacked up on caffeine <laughs> all the time. Oh, and when they shook hands, they would always squeeze the shit out of each other's hands. (laughs) It was just their thing. You know, I just always, I thought that was a cool little thing with those guys. They were, they were good buddies, man. And, um, warrior talked fondly about him in an interview, uh, after much passed away. And I just thought that was cool. Yeah. We heard warrior defending savage, you know, after his death and talk about what a great guy he was. And mm-hmm. especially when he went on, went on those rants against Hogan, he would always be like talking about how Hogan was so shitty to Randy. And yeah, uh, yeah I believe their friendship was real, if nothing else, Warrior and, and, and Macho Man. And they did form the Ultimate Maniacs briefly. Yep. And uh, they fought Money Inc. on Saturday Night's main event. But as it goes with Warrior, you never can get too like attached to a storyline because he was pieced out mm-hmm. again. Yeah. <laughs> or in your words, a scumbag. But no, he was pieced out. It was um unfortunate because that team on paper and aesthetically, like, is so cool. The, the ultimate maniacs. It didn't last long. It feels like it did because it's become like so uh popular among fans, like the yep. images mm-hmm. of them together. The images, yeah, exactly. They but it was a brief pool. So cool. so cool. But it was brief. And um you know, we get into the Survivor Series 92 thing. Duke, you mentioned it was going to be Warrior and, and Savage versus Flair and Perfect. Warrior's out, so they needed a replacement. Mr. Perfect, This so, it's so cool how this is set up. He kind of like reluctantly at first is going to team up with Savage. Bobby Heenan can't believe it on primetime. But talk about, they called it the perfect team. Talk about a perfect team. You got Macho Man and Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair. And uh, Razor Ramon, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. it doesn't even seem like Razor should have been involved in in something like that. So, because he was like new to the WWF, but <clears throat> what a cool thing! Once again, Savage always are in and around cool opponents, cool teammates. I feel like the dude's just always involved in cool stuff. And uh, this was another thing. That was the end of '92, and I want to go through real quick '93 because this is towards the end of his WWF run. We get into it here, and we're going to talk about the fact that he was back at the commentary table. He would have little matches here and there against Doink, Repo Man, the model. 
He was a runner-up in the Royal Rumble 93. Duke, you talked about it. He should have won the Rumble, went to WrestleMania 10, fought Bret Hart. We get a dream match. That didn't happen. Yokozuna won. We know how that went. But mm-hmm. it was um, Macho Man going towards uh, a feud with Crush that was, you know, he put a lot into it. I think he was trying to get yeah. Brian Adams over, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't to be, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They had a false count on anywhere match at WrestleMania 10. I liked it. It just felt like he, knowing what came after in WCW, you're like, damn, like he had so exactly. much more to give. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Macho Man was bigger than that. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, they wasted him. With all due respect to Crush, you know, I, I was a fan of like Kona Crush, but mm-hmm. um, like that was a waste, dude. Like, come on, this is mm-hmm. the what did we miss out on? Randy we missed Savage. out on Bret Hart, like, right? We missed out on what? Yeah, else? I mean, you know, you would have program, to, man. yeah, yeah, you would have to really look at, I think, the card and see, like, you know, where does he fit in? But I mean, on that card, you have Bret Owen, like razor sean sean yeah i mean but eventually but then but then we would miss out on razor and sean you know the greatest arguably ladder match ever you know Mm -hmm. but certainly there's something better for him you know and like you said Mach did put into it you know i remember watching raw and like crush um got injured and he called into raw and my, you know, he's talking to Vince, and then Macho Man's like, "Hey, it's the Macho Man Randy Savage Crush." He's like, "How are you doing, brother?" And he just doesn't answer, and then he just like hangs up. And then Vince sells it. He's like, "Oh well, looks like we mm-hmm. lost the connection, the Crush, you know." And like, yeah, man, he tried, but like, he was trying was, to give you know? back to a younger guy. I probably sure. like Brian Adams. Some guys 100%. just aren't it, you know. Like yeah. Brian Adams is cool. He's a big dude and all that. Yeah. And like, because Mach was cutting good promos on Brian Adams too. But mm-hmm. yep. But what would it have been for... wrong with a uh, like a Yoko and Lex Luger match at WrestleMania 10, and then a Mach and Bret Hart match? You know, everybody would have been <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah. And, you know, and I like mean... also it's a bummer because it kind of squat kills the streak of Mania matches for Mach. Yeah. Are like again, like yeah. big matches. Even though the mm-hmm. Dusty one was in there, but at least it's Dusty Rhodes, you know. And yeah, right. Was, it was Ricky. You know, Ricky Steamboat, DiBiase, Hogan, Dusty, Warrior. What? Who? What Flair. Else am I? Flair. Exactly. Flair. Right after, and then you have Crush. You know, yeah. it just kill. It, it just feels like wow, like. Vince was saying it's over, you know, yep. like big, that's 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah, and he like was at the commentators on Vince, you know? Yeah. It's weird how that worked out because even for me as a kid, the perception being reality, I'm like, Oh, this older guy doing commentary. I guess he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's the commentator. Now he's got the cool costumes and hats, the charisma, but he's just behind the desk. And, yeah. you know, he did some stuff with Smoky mountain in 94 while he was still under WWF contract, but he was still commentating. His last official WWF match was teaming with Bret Hart to defeat Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil in mm. Germany, September 13th, 90, 1994. And um, we're kind of jumping ahead because his 94, other than the thing with Crush, was, uh, you know, it was behind the commentator's desk. And it was in October of 94 that his contract with WWF officially expired. He yeah. left to go to WCW and Duke, you rewatched a lot of these um, Raws lately and you remember how, uh, so he made his final appearance on WWF TV on a Raw, just kind of like doing something with Lex and Backlund, not wrestling. But um, you remember you said you watched the week after he left, Vince kind of shouts him out and says goodbye. Yeah, no, he was, um, 
very like you know he said you know we just want to wish macho man randy savage mm -hmm. the best and like vince said and from a personal note like blah 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 like vince really showed him love so that whole thing you know there's rumors that you know macho man had a thing with like stephanie mcmahon uh. like vince's daughter and stuff and like i don't know like i can't see vince saying that if mm -hmm. that was the case unless maybe Mach left and he found out about it after the fact it's a very weird thing that i don't here's like why to think about. I, I lend some credence to that rumor and i was going to bring it up because like yeah it seems ridiculous like especially mm -hmm. how young she would have been at the time steph but we've seen vince work with everybody eventually and he just never worked with yep. Mach again he yeah. like would not and people there's been stories over the years too like like you said vince does say that like farewell to to match like on the show really quickly yeah. and it's kind of odd and he seems almost hurt by it and like i've heard those stories too that vince was like yeah. upset about randy leaving mm -hmm. but like i think what you said about maybe the rumors i don't know if just the rumors were enough for vince to be like no nah, because yeah it's so odd that he worked with Warrior so many times. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he worked with so many guys who disrespected him or seemed like the relationship was dead or committed career suicide. Like I just said, Ultimate Warrior, you know, holding out for money right before the main event. You know, like that's mm -hmm. even dead. Sid. Sid came back Sid. after doing some you know, stuff. Sid, all the all types of guys, him and Brett squashed it, you know, like yep. all types of things. But with Mach Brett literally was, knocked him out. Yeah, exactly, event, exactly. You know? Do you guys remember? I don't want to skip till obviously the end of Macho Man's life, but um, do you guys remember right before he passed? Uh, there was a action figure deal that went through the WWF and or the WWE at the time, and um, they advertised it like on WWE.com, and like mm. it was something to open the door back up to yeah, him. Yeah, like vaguely, I like vaguely. vaguely have a memory of that, you know, and it was because like my thing with Vince has always been like you, you burn a bridge with them, but it's not forever with Vince, you know, if yeah. you can make money, he'll have you back. Business you know? first, yeah. Even, you know, if his wrestling career ended, you know, because obviously he goes to WCW, we'll talk about it, but then like, even if his career was over, just you never saw Mach show up, you never saw Mach do anything, you know, and it was just, it's sad, you know, it's sad. It is, that, like, it, it is. never worked out. That's why I think, I don't know, listen, it, that was all just a long way to get around the point that that rumor came out that he maybe slept with Stephanie or something with Stephanie mm -hmm. happened. And like, there's a lot of like things that add up in terms of storyline, but just Vince never bringing him back just makes me think maybe something is true. Maybe a sprinkle of truth, right? If it's not exactly that, maybe something happened that Vince just- Yeah, like he never flirted with her or Yeah, something. it can never happen yeah. back again, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's just too odd for me that Macho, yeah. all the guys, the guy he was hurt that, you know, like you could tell it was like an emotional thing for Vince when he left, and then he never even cares to bring him back again. It's weird. Well, if I could put like a little fuel on the fire- I don't, I don't know how true this is either. But supposedly, Mach did not like trips, did not like Triple H at all. Um, he actually spoke out like about how Triple H carries himself and all this stuff. So who the hell knows why he yeah. hated Triple H? But mm. it could have been connected to the Stephanie thing. I think that might have just been a, a rumor that got out of control. I can't. I'm not gonna ever believe that one. You know, I just feel like it would be. Cause, Cause Vince has since acknowledged like he's erased Benoit from history. And now like in these A and E biographies, yeah, like, Vince will put his wife. I know, man, but like yeah, so, bro, know. if you like if you sleep with my underage daughter, that's as good as murdering somebody. Like 
hypothetically yeah. you know you would think vince would never speak it but he speaks well about him now and there's like a and e doc documentaries and stuff it's too too famous um yeah who knows or maybe but... maybe he did just have hurt feelings you know yeah. maybe he was hurt that but i mean again and he went like, to the competitor yeah but vince saw no value in him anymore you know yeah. he was he was he did the same thing with fucking bruno you know when he thought bruno was done he made him a referee he made him a fucking he was commentator too yeah. yeah you know so like i mean he thought the same thing about hogan he thought hogan was done and hogan had a fucking whole new career you know so like sometimes papa Vinny is is wrong well we talk about like guys hanging around too long and vince not or you know wrestling companies not creating new stars and you got to invest in the youth um it's just a, it's a fine line because yeah you want to get diesel over you want to get sean over you want to get razor over like Mach being there, I think could have elevated those guys, but he put all of his focus on the new generation. That was literally the yeah. Tag and he might have thought too, like um, you know, guys like them being there, like the fans wouldn't accept these new, you know, like superstars. Yeah, but it was it was crazy because uh, for the first time in I guess it was almost seven or eight years, or maybe almost ten years actually. Randy Savage would not be a part of the WWF. He moved on to WCW. It was December 3rd, 1994. His first appearance for WCW on a Saturday night episode, WCW Saturday night. Right off the bat, he made a reference to a love-hate thing he had with Hogan, and he talked about his desire Mm -hmm. to be champ. He came in hot, and Mm -hmm. uh, later that month, he he helped Hogan out. It was right into a thing with the the Dungeon of Doom, and it, it was weird how, you know, he got wrapped up into Hogan's business right away, but he was a main event guy. Coming I remember in. him saying like when he first came, he was like, I'm either going to slap Hulk Hogan or I'm going <laughs> to shake his hand. Yeah. And he shook his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go through some stuff. How eventually it was March of 95, not too long after he debuted, he's right back into a few of Ric Flair, his old mm-hmm. rival. Um, and this one was different cause it had a new wrinkle. Uh, they included Angelo Poffo, Randy's dad, in a, in a bit of a feud at Slamboree. Um, and then eventually they had Liz involved. And it was crazy because, like, this time Liz was aligned with Flair. Yeah. Voluntarily. Well, not initially, though. Yeah, I guess we should. She, Yeah, she turned on him in the match. There was a cage match. I forget where it was. And... uh Liz, they like opened the door and Liz handed him, I think, a shoe, maybe. Yeah. And he knocked he knocked Mach out with it. Yeah, that was a little what... further along, actually, I think. Oh, okay. So let me just go through the fact that he won the WCW title. Not I think it was a year in. World War Three, 60 man, three ring battle royal. And it went he traded it right back to Flair. They started trading the title, and that's yeah. where it gets a little convoluted, a little, a little weird. WCW was kind of um i guess trying to establish their identity with all these stars on their hands now they got hogan they got much well hogan also had in his contract where you know he didn't work all the time so right filming thunder you know, while, paradise. while he was doing whatever he was doing taking a vacation or right doing thunder in paradise or a movie or whatever Mach stepped in and once again the working man's champ you know mm-hmm. Yeah, him and Flair were carrying the title. Uh, they were trading it back and forth, like I mentioned. You mentioned the steel cage match. And um, 
I don't know. It's just weird because like WCW's roster, talk about younger guys like Steve Austin was there, Dustin Rhodes, uh, even Vader. There were guys on the roster, but um, Flair go, or Savage goes right into WCW and just works with the familiar faces. And it's mm-hmm. like he went from trying to get Brian Adams over. But when he got there, it seemed like Mach only wanted to rub elbows with the big timers until we get to one guy, DDP. But do you notice how like he well, just came right in? Yeah, but was it that or was it that they saw, you know, the star power in him? Yeah, yeah. And they wanted him to work with their big stars, stars. you know because he also worked like, sting pretty quick you know what i mean and like sting talk, trying to get him to that next level obviously sting was sting already but you know if you put macho man under your belt you know and like because he worked with sting he worked with he was working with guys that they wanted to have they wanted to have a crop of the top guys in the business so it makes mm-hmm. sense you know they have flair they brought in lex their sting was about to be that guy they had hogan now they're bringing in Mach. you mm-hmm. know it, it just seems like when they're trying to take over wrestling i think that's kind of what you have to do and you can't have these like feuds like eventually like you said we'll get to ddp and it makes sense because you're a few years in yeah you know and it's like ready to make other stars but like when the company is probably trying to establish themselves as the show you know going against vince's thing you got to use these guys in that way i think it's smart for them at the time you know that's what i would have done too yeah i just it's interesting because you see him right back with the familiar faces even uh earthquake aka avalanche he was yeah, and real brutal, quick though brutal. too, he would like work on like, like WCW Saturday Night with like other dudes, like because you can sure. find if you watch mm-hmm. those old Saturday nights. Yeah, like Macho Man would work like, um, you know, he would have little interesting matches with like probably Regal and like Austin, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that. Like even um, NWO match would have random Nitro matches. Oh yeah, against for sure. A cruiserweight or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. like somebody like yeah. that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Um, they definitely were top heavy anyway. When you talk about the Lugers, the Flares, the Hogan's, I mean, they didn't have a ton of guys that you can probably because at that time there's like young Regal. We're talking, you know, even young Triple H was on that roster as mm-hmm. terrorizing. Um, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, we mentioned Benoit, all young guys, but um, Flair and Savage, like they continued that feud. It was June of '96, and then everything changed the whole landscape of wrestling changed bash at the beach i talked about it at the top like match being around big moments and this is the biggest well yeah. arguably the biggest of all oh, yeah. time yeah. bash at the beach hulk hogan turned on savage and sting and luger technically joined the outsiders kevin nash got all formed the nwo savage was the guy hogan dropped the leg on so when that happened i I did think it was a big deal. Obviously, like these fucking invaders were coming to WCW, mm-hmm. but it's funny because um, I was, you know, a teenager and I didn't see it coming. Like when Hogan came down, like, you know, and like, oh, Shawn Michaels going to come to WCW mm-hmm. and join the NWO, you know, like I did not expect Hogan to do that. So when he did, um, yeah, it was fucking shocking. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Macho Man was once again right place, right time. You know, like part of the again one of the biggest angles in the history of the business. Another moment that I show like non wrestling fans, you know, just mm-hmm. to 
to put the scope into perspective and like what the shit meant, you know, and like how big a deal it was and that crowd's reaction to throwing the trash out and then do it turn one like, oh, one thing about that though man and i love I know, bobby you pointed it out to me and it's ruined it forever i, I yeah. love him to death but when he says that like whose side is he on whose side like, is he on what? yeah you like, ruined it what the fuck bobby i think Heenan. you pointed that out to me like 15 years ago it feels like you know what i mean like, yeah, it feels like, like forever ago and ever they since should just edit like, that oh, out of go. all the uh yeah like, they should they should no yeah they should like but whose side I, is dude, he on? I, it's like, why not, would he be on anybody's side? Yeah, yeah exactly. I it did not see that coming at all. Exactly. And like, yeah, for I people who don't Bobby. know, what, for who don't know what you're talking about, tell them what you're talking about. Yeah. So Hogan comes down, you know, the NWO was a two on three match and they were supposed to have a special, you know, mystery partner. And it was Sting, Lex Luger and Macho Man against Hall and Nash, the Outsiders. And they were going to have their third guy show up at Bash at the Beach. And here comes Hulk Hogan coming down. Blazing baby presumably face. To, yeah, presumably to help these guys against these villainous NWO members. And Hogan comes in and turns out that he is, in fact, the third member. Yeah. But Bobby he, Heenan, uh, right before that, he mentions. Yeah, he, Bobby Heenan says, fun. he says, um, you know, Tony Schiavone says, Oh, Hulk Hogan's here. And Bobby Heenan says, but whose side is he on? And it just, you know, like no one expected him to turn. Yeah. So like Bobby Heenan saying that, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Brain? You know, you like put it in yeah. our heads now, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then I have obviously found, he drops the big leg on him. I have found that like every time I do show somebody, they don't catch that part. Cause I always now I'm like observing, like, are they gonna hear like but whose side is he on? And then go like, oh, so is he gonna turn? You know what I mean? But yeah. like, and it's nobody funny. I've shown that video to has like heard that the way we hear it now, you know. Mm -hmm. But like once you said that to me, and like I watched that, you know, because I probably watched that match or at least that ending of that Moment. match all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like ever since then, it's like, but who size you on? I'm like, wow. For as much of a legend as he is, and I think he's the best manager, mm -hmm. best, you know, color commentator, yep. best all that shit. That is such a giveaway to like one of the biggest moments in wrestling. If you're observant enough at the time and, you know, yeah, yeah and like i i did like after the fact how bobby was like he was like i told you all along like he was a piece yeah, of garbage yeah, you know because yeah. like exactly once again the villain you know making it so you're like oh shit i can well, see bobby's defense now, if, you, you know? if he wanted to defend that you know always the heenan family was after hulk hogan he never liked him trusted yeah. him so maybe he just was you know saying from the beginning like whose side is he on because he's a weasel you know bobby's yeah. a weasel and he thinks hogan's a weasel who knows yeah. but that moment i'm sure if bobby talked about it he'd give an excuse that makes sense and we'd be like oh, okay and we'd accept yeah, it exactly. you know what i mean and bobby brain was telling you why what his good enough was. for us yeah whatever bobby yeah i mean at. it obviously doesn't ruin it and like you no. mentioned frank like it'll pop up like on social media every year on the fucking yeah. date you know and you're like you always watch it but i mm -hmm. just wish he didn't say that yeah, no, I agree. Fuck well, that. This is about Macho Man. Let's get back on, <laughs> back on track. No, no, that's all right. Savage was the target, though, of the NWO for at least that initial part. And that yeah. reinvigorated the Not Savage Joe Hogan. Man. The Nacho Man. Savage and Hogan, the rivalry was uh, reinvigorated, so to speak. But it was, it was involving the NWO. And at uh, the Halloween Havoc that year in 96. So Savage finally faced Hogan in WCW. This was for the title. 
He lost. The Giant interfered. And he was then aligned with the NWO. So after that, Macho Man left WCW for a little while. Couldn't get, couldn't come to a new deal. And we didn't know this at the time, but there was some real worry behind the scenes that he was just not going to come back, that he was going to walk away from wrestling. Uh, at one point, even Bischoff kind of informed Mach that like that his career was over and he could only return if he comes back as an NWO member. They started the storyline. And it was weird because... Like, there was no real reason for Macho Man to ever join the NWO. Like, if you think about it, after all that he was, you know, put through and the stuff with Hogan. Yeah. But um, as it turns out, everyone would eventually join the NWO scene. You know? And, and real quick, previously, he aligned with Sting. Right. And it that's what Sting and Macho Man came out wearing black, just like the Stinger. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I was into that. Sting and Macho against the NWO, and then he fucking turned on him. Yeah, Super Super Bowl Seven, and he left Sting's side. Macho Man did join the NWO, helping Hogan beat Piper. And the next night, he's back with Liz. Heel Liz. Everybody's a heel. You got Liz, Hogan, Savage, (laughs) all aligned as heel. It's a cool wrinkle when you think about it, like, in retrospect, the way they flipped the script. Yeah, and, like, um, it kind of I don't want to say revitalized because he was doing well in like WCW match, like he was important, but like once the NWO came, it kind of changed the whole landscape and everybody everything felt like less significant, you know, than what they were doing. So to get Mach back in there and then have yeah. him like embrace it, because he was like, I think of him as an NWO guy, you know, like I, after the initial few and then the giant, like I think of Macho Man, you know, because all his gear and stuff like that, and he was he rode with it, whether it was you know, red and black, black and white, you know, he was always kind of involved in NWO going forward. So like, I think of it as like a, a pretty significant part of his career, even if it wasn't the greatest. It was a new And wrinkle. like yeah. as much as I loved him with Sting, because I really did love those two together against mm-hmm. the NWO. If you're talking about like, you know, the outsiders invading, it does make yeah. sense because yeah. Macho Man was, was a there. fucking... Yeah. WWF champion. He was a pillar yeah. of that company for a long time. The so. giant is what messed all that up, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because but I also, I also think dumb. it's cool that he was in it. I thought it was cool that he was in it. You know, he just made him seem so invincible, even though they were going after him. So, right, listen, most of the people who end up joining it though, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, once you have the giant, though, like, isn't it game over? Like, yeah, yeah, the that's end, the only and, issue. Yeah. When I was like, a kid, though, I was like, oh fuck. You know, yeah. Oh, I bet. I I bet. Well, they learned it was a stupid idea when they turned him back. Yeah, exactly. You know, but then he goes back again. Yeah, but I was gonna say, doesn't he go right back? Yeah, I mean, eventually, in the history of the business, eventually he would flip flop. Eventually, he was smoking cigarettes, walking down to the ring. So I mean, (laughs) you know, um, it's funny though because we mentioned earlier Savage aligning himself with the the big timers, the main eventers, opponents, teammates, but he did. Apparently, as the story goes, take a liking to a young, well, not young, but uh, an up and comer, <laughs> one Diamond Dallas Page, and yeah, he Macho was like Man sixty five at the time, right? <laughs> Watch it now. Well, he handpicked DDP. Macho Man did, and um, this was an eight month feud, eight or nine months, all kinds of matches, false count anywhere, no DQ, tag team matches, you name it, death matches. Great American Bash, Halloween Havoc. They fought all across the country, DDP and Randy Savage. This feud put DDP on the map, officially. 
You got it. And, and my, and Dallas page will tell you that it's because of macho man that he was able to go to a next level or even have any success, honestly, as far as like a main event guy. And, um, this is another feud I have circled because like in WCW, maybe you guys will tell me other feuds of matches that you feel stood out, but this is always the one I think stood out the most for, uh, for him. And it was with diamond house page. Yeah. I think I would agree for the reason that like it also elevated another person and made them like a world champion and put them in that main event scene. It was a big deal. Cause we laugh all the time about how over, uh, DDP was at that time and like when we watch him now or because I used to love him I don't know about how you guys feel I don't remember yeah. but like I love DDP at that time you know I thought he was so cool you watch it now and you're like what were we thinking whatever but, yeah, Gene, jeans you know <laughs> yeah exactly like all the shit we don't like you know um but it shows how good a guy like macho man is <laughs> and working a real program with him mm-hmm. doesn't matter and it also shows like that he wasn't like um how do I what can I say like to not sound disrespectful because he worked with like great guys a lot of times whether it was Jake whether it was Flair whether it was Hogan you know it was all it was all other legends too but it just showed like look it's not just a guy with good dance partners you know what I mean mm-hmm. like maybe he was more than a lot of these other parts of the equation and these like big feuds he had you know that people give him credit for but uh yeah because he made DDP feel like a legitimate and it's 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 so funny when i think back and i was watching this old stuff thinking like i don't even really quite remember like how it happened with ddp but i just remember him being so overall that like all of a sudden he was like the dude in the company but like when you go back it's just like oh yeah well it's clear he worked this program with Mach, and Mach gave him the rub that you need you know Mm -hmm. and guys and we were saying that in the beginning when he was wcw he didn't work with guys you know but he gets there and he does like page was right there you know like the diamond cutter is what initially got him over Mm -hmm. but like he was he was right there Mm -hmm. and Mach just like pushed him right right over the edge you know yeah, it was a hell of a feud. Uh, we mentioned like some of the death matches and and no DQ stuff. We covered Halloween Havoc '97. If you want to, you know, listen to that review. But we, I put that match over pretty pretty strong. It's one of the more uh, memorable matches from a show that also had Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. So, um, awesome, awesome feud with DDP. And at this time, so early '98, Mach started a feud with another established main event guy, Lex Luger culminated in a match that sold out luger won that luger also won a rematch so it was a little mini feud here and then something shifted where i think it was like the wolf pack stuff started to mm-hmm. kind of like the, the nwo split we had the red and black the black and white and this is this got pretty messy for me like as a fan because i feel like Mach was with the wolf pack all of a sudden from like, yeah. but he was back with Hogan's like black and white group. And then back with the wolf pack. There was like two or three times. I feel like he bounced back, but do you remember how that went down Duke? Like as far as Ho- uh, much eventually joining the wolf pack side of the NWO, the red and black. Yeah, no, it's, it's cloudy to me as well. Um, That whole thing is like really weird. Like the wolf pack and the, you know, it initially started with Nash, obviously, because Nash, you know, 
and Hogan were like fighting for power or whatever. But yeah. I don't really remember like how it happened. It's that's to me death of the NWO and shit started to happen. Like the Wolfpack had a nice little run and stuff and it was over yeah. and they sold a bunch of shirts and then they could sell red shirts and white shirts. But like having two NWOs was weird and it was yeah, look at us. We don't even remember like you know how it happened or whatever because Kurt Hennig was with the Wolfpack initially, right. right? And then he left. You know, like it's just hard to. Keep well, there was track. like the cool, the cool wrestlers. I thought were like branching off from the black and white because you had Nash, obviously the coolest. You know him and Hall, but um, it felt like Conan. They were trying to include him in there and just make them a yeah. little, a little bit more of a um. And then like Luger said, joined, and then fucking. And that's Sting where it gets weird. And... Like Luger joining yeah, always felt weird. odd man out to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and Mach being part of that as well. But in the midst of all that, Macho Man did win his third WCW title. And um, so he's decorated as far as world champion. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he beat how many Sting, times? Right? Six, six times Sting. total? Like with yeah. both between all the companies? I believe it's six total. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two and four, maybe. Is it two and four? Two and two four. And... Yeah, I think two and four. Mm. But yeah, no, you're right, Duke. Savage beat Sting with the help of Nash. The uh the wolf and he apparently tore his ACL in the the match that he that he oh, had was thing, but um regardless it it got a little messy in '99. Uh, eventually, Mach took a little bit of an absence after that injury or whatever it was, taking some time off. He had a little mini feud with Piper, Bret Hart. Even he had a match in there with Bret that people might want to check out from '99. Um, a dream match. Not the way we would have probably wanted it, like as far as primes go, but it did happen. So with the wolf with the Wolfpack and the NWO Hollywood, there was a lot of it had to do with trying to recruit Sting at one point. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I think injuries sort of hurt the storyline. Mach did get hurt towards the end of it. So regardless of all the Wolfpack stuff, Mach returned April of '99, debuting a new look, new theme, slick black, slicked back hair. The ponytail, earrings, porn star shirts, porn star <laughs> shirts, um, kind of like a tweener. I don't know. He wasn't a full heel. He had a valet, which yeah. the name I'll never understand it. Yeah, um, yeah, I still don't get it. I, Frank, you weren't you were on assignment last week, and I read an interesting fact. <clears throat> Lanny Poffo was under WCW contract from ninety five yeah. to ninety nine, never got used. But Mach mm. was getting him a paycheck, basically. That's cool good, stuff, good brother. But he, yeah. good brother. But he wanted Lanny Poffo to play Gorgeous George, his manager, during this run. Poffo mm. bleached his hair. Uh, our genius did. Anyway, they they didn't want it. Like WCW didn't want it, so they had um, him bring in his his girlfriend at the time. This Gorgeous George character, but it was it was random. Although, like. You know, like everybody says, Taker is the best at reinventing himself and all these different versions through the years. Mm -hmm. Jericho likes to do it. Yeah, um, We could probably think of another couple guys, but there's also guys that just stayed stagnant through. Like Flair's been Flair for the most part through and through. Yeah. Uh, Hogan had that cool switch with, with Hollywood. But um, Mach, there's like different versions of Mach if you go through mm -hmm. the years that I think is cool, like distinct versions, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And this was another one, like reinventing himself. So yeah, upon his return, one of uh, Savage's first order of business was 
ref special referee during Diamond Dallas Page's first WCW title win, which was a huge monumental thing for him. It was a callback to the fact that Mach had so much love for for Page. Uh, the the guys in that match were incredible. Frank, who was in the match that WCW title match? It was Stinger, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and Diamond Dallas Page. And Mach as the ref. That's a pretty Jeez. stacked way to That's get your first Hall of Famers in one match. Pretty amazing. And um, yeah, afterwards, Savage was sort of team DDP, but then eventually wanted to go for the title himself mm-hmm. after Nash won it. And um, man, Savage, I feel like at this time he had Medusa, a young uh, Molly Holly. Yeah, going by Miss Madness at the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I looked at and I was like, "This girl's like, she's cute. She's got something." Like she was, I guess, a, a, a working wrestler at the time. I didn't know it, but uh, you would you would eventually see her go to the WWF and have a good career. But yeah, Medusa, Miss Madness, the whole team Madness was uh, the package that he was presenting at this time, and um, everything you know towards the end of wcw obviously is a blur for a lot of people but there were some things that involved you know nash sid savage these guys trading main event title reigns and Mm -hmm. it was um it was interesting because like i feel like after they disbanded the team madness it, it was like savage did this thing briefly with dennis rodman and it was like big worm worm. shout out to the big worm but it was like quick and and gone before you knew it macho man disappeared it was like Mm -hmm. the whole thing that he came back with the whole package was gone he came back briefly october of 99 where he was with gorgeous george he talked about passing the torch getting some young guys over he had one more appearance may of 2000 on thunder when he was joining the millionaires club that had Hogan flair, some other veterans, it didn't last towards the end of uh, the new blood thing. It was, it was all like too little too late. I think with them trying to get on track again and the death of WCW spelled the end of macho man's wrestling career because we never saw him again in WWF. Once WWF absorbed WCW we never got to see him again on the big stage. You said it earlier on how it was a shame. Like all the opportunities there was, even WrestleMania 17, they had the WCW guys in the audience. And obviously he's probably under contract or didn't want anything to do with the company or Vince didn't want him back. Whatever the reasons, there were opportunities like to have him back. And we never got it on a big stage. There was a TNA appearance in there. If you Don't want to talk about that, Bone Saw McGraw appearance. <laughs> well, that ties that, in. That yeah. may have that may have been the biggest stage of them all. In fairness, <laughs> big money, yeah, big right. money, big big uh, a lot of eyeballs on that. Yeah, and Spider Man, yeah. call back to his uh, first wrestling gimmick, the Spider. The Spider. I don't think it would have had the same ring to it. The Spider. No, <laughs> if we were talking about this, uh... the Spider. This whole de- episode dedicated to the spider. Dude. What would Vince <laughs> have called him, right? Because Vince wouldn't have just taken the same spider. So he would have had to be, <clears throat> you know, he would have been the man spider and his costume would have been a reverse, uh, <laughs> the man reverse spider part, reverse Peter Parker outfit. And that would he'd have been, have been uh, the tarantula. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Daddy long legs. Um, (laughs) That's the best. So, yeah, I feel like the TNA thing was very, very random, but he came out in a black leather jacket, a black cowboy hat. I remember this. He was staring down AJ Styles. I don't believe he ever fought. I just think it was a uh, appearance. He was in a match. He was definitely in a match. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It was like him, AJ... I forget. He might not have been in the like he might not have gotten involved, but I remember him being in a match. If you look it up, <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, and I didn't really want. I want to say block. it was like him and AJ against like Hall and Nash. Maybe is that possible? Interesting. Yeah, no. Interesting. Well, they were like doing the flying Elvis thing, and there was so much going Jesus on in Christ. TNA. Like, I can only imagine what version of Hall and Nash that was. Well, but, we um, don't want to remember much for that anyway. No, but what I do want to say is, like, I don't mean to gloss over his um, WCW run because it was a six-year run. We kind of condensed it because, as everybody knows, with WCW, like, there was just so much stops and starts. It's more fleshed out in WWF. Like, there was a beginning, yeah, yeah. middle, and end to his stuff, I feel like. No, and, like, you're not dismissing it. Um, it's just that I think his WWF run meant more, you know? Like, because if you look at his wcw career it's a hall of fame career yeah that's what i was gonna say like, two careers multiple hall of time fame. world champion yeah, like for sure first ever winner of world war three like you know very many memorable moments in wcw high profile you know? mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um you know it's not to gloss over it's just um wwe is where he i guess made his name you know like yeah. <clears throat> He did have comeback of the year from PWI for 1995. So his comeback was like a success. Strong, like, you know how yeah, guys come is, out yeah, of retirement? Yeah, for sure. This, like you said, it's another Hall of Fame career. It stands on mm-hmm. its own. And we, for all intents and purposes, people thought he was done. Uh, yeah. Vince yep. thought he was done. And that's well, I don't cool. think I don't think people did because you mentioned like seeing Mach and being like, why is he like doing commentary? Yeah. Like, I hated that. Like. Not that he wasn't good on it. I was just like, what the fuck are they doing with him? Like, why is he sitting there? Like, he's mm-hmm. better than fucking Doink the Clown or, you know, whoever mm-hmm. picked one. Uh, Mantar or uh, yeah, yeah. Friar Ferguson. Are you kidding me? Like, he can't go anymore? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you but know, that was usually weird. like, like the, the step after for wrestling. Yeah, a.k.a. Bastard. Yeah. yeah. The, st- the, uh, the usual progression <clears throat> is pro wrestler... You know, when you're done, if you're a good enough talker, you get a seat at the table. Jesse Ventura, for example. But sure. But, but like he was yeah, you're, when you're done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, it did start to make me believe <clears throat> he, he must be done because once you're in that chair for so long, it's hard to get you out of it and out take you it. seriously. Yeah. yeah. You know, and thankfully he I mean, he proved everyone wrong or, or yep. at least proved Vince wrong. Um, uh, and he I did. He had record to, yeah, to state. He did have one TNA match. It was at Turning okay. Point 2004. It was AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Savage versus Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. There you so, go. That's cool. I, I want to watch. There. And that's his last match. Macho Man teamed up with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that funny? Look at that. Wow. 2004. Yeah, but How I'm going to tell you guys right now, <clears throat> I don't remember um, the match off the top of my head, but I bet you he didn't fight. I think he just I showed think- up. I yeah, think you're right. Like I, I think he I was there, it. but like I don't think he actually wrestles. Yeah, yeah, I never no. saw it, so I don't know. Yeah, he just kind of like comes out and 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 you know 
shows his face and maybe yeah. hits somebody with something. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm actually watching it right now. He he doesn't actually fight. He just kind of gets involved and there's a pull apart. He looks great, but um, regardless, he had a brief little appearance in TNA, and that's the last we saw of him in a wrestling arena, a wrestling <clears> ring. <throat> um, it's unfortunate, and we can definitely go through some of the accolades that he did achieve as an active wrestler. But I want to say, like, it's I remember there's all all these um heroes and wrestlers that we have like we've all we've, we've experienced a lot of the deaths too soon too young some of them you remember exactly where you were and i remember exactly where i was i remember you actually called me duke because that's one mm. where it's a pick up the phone yeah we were still calling each other back then 2011 <laughs> may tw- may 20th 2011 i remember you called me and that one couple days after certain- your birthday two days after my birthday and it's the surreal one because it's just out of nowhere. Um, None of them ever make sense, but this is another guy you just think is invincible. Like I always say when flair, God forbid Hogan, God forbid, Brett, God forbid. Now you put Austin and rock into those God forbids. Mm -hmm. It's like, these are like ledge, the top tippity top taker, but macho man, Mm -hmm. like that was the first one that I can remember in my lifetime where it was like, a living legend of our childhood, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately passed away. And it was, um, it was weird because they revealed that it was an enlarged heart. It was a coronary thing. He passed away driving his car. It was in a vehicle, you know, it was an actual car accident, but he passed away from the heart attack. And yeah. it was crazy. It was surreal. It's, it's terrible. It's already been 12 years, 13 years, um, 12 mm-hmm. years, I guess. Um, and, it feels like just yesterday, but one thing I thought was cool for what it's worth is that you hear about that beef you talked about between Savage and Hogan and um, how they were at odds or on again, off again, according to Lanny and Jimmy Hart, you know, take it for what you will, but they reconciled at a hospital before Mach passed um, where Hogan was getting some surgery and Mach was in there for some surgery coincidentally. And mm. Mach knocked on the door, kind of buried the hatchet. And, you know, that's cool to hear. Yeah, for sure. Nothing else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> January 12th, 2015, Mach was announced as a WWE Hall of Famer, which not you would think it would be a shoe in but how long did we sit there and say, why isn't this dude in the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame. Yeah, like that's like, more why that Vince rumor is so, so strange to me. You know what I mean? Because it's just like it took so long you know it's it just everything but it, whatever you know yeah they have to stop it. waiting with the yeah. hall of fame they got to get these guys in like while they're alive and they can mm-hmm. you know these guys you know they don't have a lot left like when these athletes retire like <clears throat> their entire life is like you know whatever it is whether you're an nfl player or a pro wrestler like mm-hmm. they're a wrestler they don't know anything else. And like to get that call would probably mean everything to these guys. And like, come on, man, get these fucking guys in, get Lex Luger in the hall of fame while he's alive. You know, Please like get Lex Luger. There, there's rumors. Get these guys yeah, in. there's exactly like there's rumors of uh, the midnight express going in this year. Like they should have fucking gone in already. Like Bobby Eaton's gone now, you know, yeah. like that yeah. sucks, man. Like, 
Mm-hmm. You got to get these dudes in while they're here. And like, there's no fucking excuse why the macho man wasn't in. The whole well, thing. can I, let me at least give the version from Lanny Poffo who says, I'm sure you guys heard this, but macho man's wish was only to go in. If Angelo and Lanny went in with him as a family, he wanted to go in as the Poffo family. Yeah. And the only, the only reason I might buy that is because um, when Macho's dad mm. passed away, mm dementia Mach was taking care of him and there's all these stories about how like Mach glorified his dad that was his hero like he he literally you know was not the same guy after his father passed but he he made a promise supposedly that he's only going to go into any kind of hall of fame if he brings the whole fam now vince didn't do that maybe it was better for the fans that they just get the macho man in by himself but yeah Lanny said he agreed to let Macho Man be inducted for the fans alone. So we never know. I mean, it was cool he went in. It just to it's just like you said. I mean, he could have went in and when did they start doing it again all the time? Like 2003. They had like 12 years to get him in before that. Yeah. At yeah. least 13 yeah, years, man. you know. Get these guys in, like give them their their moment, you know. Exactly. Yeah. They should have their moment. And it's like, I don't like the guy, but how impactful was Warrior's moment? He had his moment. He had that speech after, and then he tragically died. And it's sort of like, yep. at least he had that moment, you know, and a mm-hmm. guy like Mach would never get it. So, it's, you know, it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah it's like, like it's, it's just wrestling. Like, you know, yeah. we always talk, it's just a game. It's just wrestling, like in the grand scheme of life. But look how Warrior got that send off. And it was a day before he died. Like, mm-hmm. you yep. It's it's only wrestling, but that wrestling platform gave him that chance to right. But like final it's, piece. it's only wrestling to like other people, but yeah, like yeah. to these guys and girls, like it's their whole life. You know, it's what, you know, a lot of these people always wanted to do, you know, and like they. I don't know, like it's it's just. You don't know where you fit in in the world. It's like when you're, you know, when you're a soldier and you get sent overseas and you fucking go to war and then you come back and you have to go back to everyday living like you have to like. You don't even know how to act, you know, and like when these athletes, when their careers are over, it's like, what the hell do I do now? I've been wrestling for 20 years. Like what what else do I do? Yeah, Integrating yourself into society. Yeah, Like give them give them their flowers, so to speak, you know, like let them, you know, get their moment. You know, I think that's important. Well, I want to mention Macho Man, 20 different championships over a 32 year career, six world titles, like you said, Frank, four in WCW, two in WWF. Nice long runs in WWF for the most part. Um, it's crazy, you know, when you look at what he did across the whole entire big two, like the mm-hmm. like the two major companies at the time, basically dominated both companies, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, for like statistically or championships, however you want to main events, big, big uh feuds. It's just crazy. Uh, number two, PWI 500 in 1992. That's the highest he got on that list. But he could have been number one any of those years. Mm-hmm. Um, could be the most hated wrestler of the year in 1989. And the year before, he was the most popular wrestler of the year, 1988. So that just shows how baby face or heel, how yeah. versatile this guy was. Uh, he's done a number of movies. We mentioned the Spider-Man movie, Bonesaw McGraw. Crossed over pop culture with the Slim Jim stuff. You know, a lot of people only know him from the Slim Jim ads. That's what's hilarious. It's true. It's crazy. Isn't Mm -hmm. it funny? You know, 
that tagline. Also, their Slim Jim sales doubled the year Mach became their spokesperson. So I bet. I bet. Money. I don't even remember Slim Jim before Macho Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think of Slim Jim, right. I think of Macho Man. You know, like, I yep. remember some of this stuff once he left, you know what I mean? And he was no longer there. But, like, Slim Jim, as far as I'm concerned, is a Macho Man. Uh, whatever product, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, beef jerky. It, he made them, yeah, yeah. I hope someone, somewhere, somewhere, maybe his wife is getting royalty still, but um, yeah, man, Macho Man Randy Savage. We talked about Lanny Poffo's untimely death. Here we are now, the Poffo family. It's crazy. A whole year, 32 years, Duke, you got to see him WrestleMania 5 live and in color. I believe a house show that i went to in 1992 or three featured him versus like a very under the radar guy like nothing i've never seen much on a big stage live um so you're lucky for that and yeah we're lucky to have had him in the biz as fans real quick i do want to talk about all of his work that he did for the special olympics because um he was one of the guys that started that really and uh seemed like a pretty solid ass dude outside of pro wrestling so definitely wanted to mention that and mm-hmm. i have three questions for you guys mm-hmm. number one frank what is your favorite macho man match mm-hmm. i'm gonna answer right spot. now my favorite match yep. um I think of three matches. If I had to pick one, it's tough. But I think of uh, Savage versus uh, Flair, WrestleMania 8. I think of Savage, Warrior, WrestleMania 7. And then I actually think of uh, DDP and Savage mm. at uh, in 97 at... Uh, what pay-per-view was that, John? Was that un? Uncensored or sold well, out. Are you talking about the Halloween Havoc? The Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc is 100% Halloween Havoc. Slim yeah, Jim's exactly. Halloween Havoc? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think of those three matches. If a gun to my head, one of them, I'm going to say Flair. Flair and Mach. All right. WrestleMania 8. We're not pulling any guns out here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John Boy. Favorite, favorite Mach match? I'm going to second that. That was on my, you know, top 10. Flair, Mach, because of the story attached to it. WrestleMania okay. 8. I would go also WrestleMania seven right after, and then Steamboat Savage is my third. Um, right. You know, not super original, but what about you? Yeah, you know mine, Macho Man Warrior WrestleMania yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Now I have an, two more. Your favorite Macho Man opponent, Frank. It'll it's probably same answer, Ric Flair. Just because of yeah that match and then WCW stuff, you know. So I think Ric Flair, John Boy. Ah, that's a good question. Opponent, Opponent. I have to look at. Yeah, I have to look at it as. uh, I'm gonna go Warrior, even though that '92 one was a stinker. I just the SummerSlam '92 because of the WrestleMania Seven, what he got out of Warrior, Mm -hmm. and the contrast of styles. I think those things make for good fights. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you got a good guy, like whether mm-hmm. like remember Brett and uh, Bam Bam or Brett and Yoko with Savage and the bigger guy like Warrior, it, it just worked really well. I liked the contrast and style. So I'll go Warrior and uh, Flair would be in the conversation too. Okay. For sure. What about so you? my favorite match opponent is Flair, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier. 
And then the third one is your favorite Macho Man feud. Mm-hmm. Frankie. Favorite Macho Man feud. I think I have to go Mach Hogan. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I think I have to go Mach Hogan. It's just so... I just I think of the promos, I think of the lines, I think of everything, you know, and then it was yeah, a so. big deal. Too. Yeah. <clears throat> I go Jake Mach. And I knew uh, you were gonna say that. It's obvious. <laughs> but this is also my my introduction really to Savage in live living yeah. color. It's a great, it's a great feud. Yeah. It's, it's not, a great it's and not... it's it's iconic because like the image of the snake on his arm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Think about the Hogan feud. The, the the Jake feud, then you go to the Flair feud. There's like not only iconic matches, but there's like still images mm-hmm. that are um like stand the test of time. For sure, it's crazy how. What's yours though? What's your favorite feud? Macho Man and Flair. Oh, funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I've said this before. I think Macho Man has the greatest feuds ever mm-hmm. in wrestling because you could name if you said Page, I would be with you. Yeah. If he said Flair, if he said Hogan, if he said Jake, like all of his feuds are always good. But for mm-hmm. me, those guys just complimented each other so well that mm-hmm. that's what I go with. And contrary to you, Frank, I like babyface much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, I do too, I think. Ah, I'll take either one. It's hard, man, because in I the guess, middle yeah, of the Warrior match, it. he's a heel. And yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the match, he's a face. And I love both. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said before, if you can do both, I really do think that's like a mark of like an all time great. Like Roman, all due respect to this current yeah. this current run, but like he's he has he been over as a baby face? Well, let me ask you this. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna that's a rhetorical question, right? I guess. Yeah. yeah I, let me ask you guys this, because we once upon a time did a little who's the greatest wrestler of all time thing. We had a nice categories, 10 or so categories. And I know it took us about 10 hours. Took us, <laughs> I know that we crowned the macho man. Randy Savage is the greatest all around wrestler. A lot of my scores might've helped that, but um, <laughs> really sure. like in 2023, when you think about it, being truthful, like, does he, is he a top five? Goat. I think I think it's hard to keep him out, but it gets it's you know it's a very tight spot to be in. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. I feel like you have to at least consider him because everybody knows who Macho Man is, even if they yep. just know the name. You know what I mean? Like if, if they couldn't point him out, the person has no idea about wrestling. They've heard Macho Man. They've even probably heard Randy Savage. You know what I mean? And like let alone. The Slim Jim stuff, the Spider-Man movie stuff, you know, the stuff that took him beyond pro wrestling. You know, I just think he he's up there. And like it's it's, as far as skill goes, it's hard to argue because he got pro wrestling. He got work rate. He got everything that you can ask for, you know, in like a pro wrestler. So I think he should be up there. He's one of the most famous pro wrestlers of all time, and he could back it up. So and like Duke's Mm -hmm. best feuds, arguably. You could best WrestleMania match, you could say, uh, most important intercontinental champion, you could say, you know, like all these things. Yeah. I just think when you talk about like the greatest of all time, we get into this, these lists, you know, like what do you base it on? Yeah. You know, like for sure. 
are you talking about the greatest in ring performers? Are you talking about the greatest all around? Like, because is John Cena top five? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Look, like it's, yeah. it's hard to, would he be, it's hard because like you go with your heart, right? Like macho man, when we did our top 10 favorite wrestlers, check out that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, macho man's number two on my list of favorites. So, like, I'm going to hold him in higher esteem than somebody else, you know, but I don't know. That's a really hard Yeah, but if question, you keep it real, like, like you know, yeah, as far I as accomplishments go. I mean, go... probably not. He's probably not top five. Like, it once again, it depends, though. You know what I mean? Well, we'll, like, have, to, we'll yeah. have to sort this out. Because, like, Hogan, Flair, uh, Stone Cold. I don't know, Brett, Sean, like Rock, Rock like, Taker. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, different. There's a lot of their variables. Yeah, categories and stuff, you know. For me, but I look at if you give me five guys that I'm going to watch for the rest of my life, Macho Man's in there for sure. I think there's something to be said about having the greatest rivalries slash feuds because that's what pro wrestling's all about. It's For sure, story, like it's really like story. Frank said, the the mainstream, you know, like the he's crossover. arguably mm-hmm. like a household name, you know, like yeah. Um, that's a that's a show for another for day. another. But then you get into the match quality within those feuds, and he's delivering great matches. I yeah, just wanted to make this comparison real quick because, like. If you're going to get into the debate at top NBA players of all time, mm-hmm. it's obviously a Jordan and a LeBron combo right now. But for mm-hmm. a while, like I look at Mach as sort of like a like a Kobe, where it's like mm-hmm. you can never probably never put him number one. It you know, but like yeah, he, I think he's I like yeah. right, like he's done it all. He's yep. had had it all. He's you can't take anything away from Kobe, but like, it's hard to put him above Mike. And it's the same thing with Mach. Like there's no right answer here, but um, if someone tried to sell me on like Cena over macho man, we could probably go back with 20 different categories. And um, I could, you know, we can probably argue for Mach. It's just a different time. For sure. I think the only thing that Cena would beat him at is title reigns. And what yeah, the hell does that mean all. in the two thousand? It's relative, you know? exactly, like, dude. Cena's you got gonna uh, be Cena beats Mahal Hogan running out as WWE champion. You know, like Cena beats Hogan and Mach combined in title ring. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. So right. that's it's just a weird. Look at that. It's a weird conversation. Well, let's talk about it in the comments. If you guys uh, want to leave some comments, at, let us know your favorite Macho Man match, your favorite Randy Savage feud. Where does he rank, in your opinion, among the all-time greats? Where does he rank among your favorites? Tell us um, maybe some stuff about Mach that we didn't mention that you think uh, deserves some attention, some praise. What a long career. We'll probably never stop talking about this guy. Um, Someone who I feel like has such a high approval rating among the workers, like the the wrestlers. Mm Mm-hmm. CM Punk paid tribute with the gear. He adopted the elbow. He he said solely because of Mach. Um, there's just so much influence Jay from Lethal. him. Jay Lethal still. Great one. That's true. From Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so the legend of Macho Man lives on. This was super fun going down memory lane talking about Randy Savage. 
someone we we knew we wanted to talk about eventually. Uh, I feel like we we went through enough. We we paid a, a good amount of respect to his career. But yeah, leave it in the comments. Tell us what you want to do. Maybe you want to hear another uh, spotlight episode eventually. Obviously, there's some guys we'd love to talk about in long form. Let us know if there's someone you want to hear us uh, dissect their career and get into some details. But next week, we're going to be talking about Elimination Chamber 2023. Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Frank's boy, Sami Zayn. We're on the roads <laughs> to WrestleMania. We're on the roads to WrestleMania. Real quick, so this is the last shout out. Right? Real quick, shout out to our listeners in China. Oh, yeah. Where we cracked the top 10 wrestling podcasts. Nice. So thank you for checking us out. That's pretty Big cool. Over <laughs> over, uh, over something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, over 83 weeks with Bischoff, over Mr. Chris Jericho himself. Tired of hearing How did all it those happen? Lies. Tired of hearing all those lies. <laughs> Thank you, China. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, thanks to all the listeners. Subscribe on the YouTube. Follow us at No School, No Sold underscore podcast. Where do we, where's our Instagram? At No Sold underscore podcast on the gram. Facebook still exists. We'll be back next week to talk the chamber. Frank's favorite event of the year. Elimination chamber. Uh, Another cool concept that they, you know, beat down to death. Of course. I actually do think this is going to be cool. Cause I think this crowd's going to be fucking insane for Sami yeah, Zayn. They are. So I think that's Montreal. Gonna be cool. Yeah. Uh, the, Montreal. Insane, Mont- the way they are not for Cody. You'd think that's the main event of WrestleMania, but whatever. Uh, tonight on raw. When Cody came out, the crowd was literally singing his song. So and and chanting his name. Keep keep living in denial. Who else's name were they chanting though during that promo? Listen, this is only a couple of weeks <laughs> post Royal Rumble. After this uh, elimination chamber, I don't think, dude. These fans are behaving. Wait, right wait now. hold on, Frank. You think that wrestling fans are going to turn on someone? Yeah, exactly. That's they what don't I'm do that. Get out of here. It's like, look. They're cheering for Cody because the same way wrestling fans turn on people, they just cheer for whoever you throw in front of them for a few weeks until they realize they don't like the shit, like what was happening with Cody before. So we're going to see. We're going to see. Mm-mm-mm. We're on the roads. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, this has been fun. Any I predictions? A, I, real just quick, real on, quick. I, yeah. I just want to let you know, I have adrenaline in my soul. Uh-huh. That's all I know. Jeez. Something, yeah. something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tell me real quick prediction. Does Roman <laughs> retain with the help of Jay Uso? Is that where we're going? And so is the match just Roman and I haven't Sammy. even paid attention. It's Roman and Come Sammy, on, bro. Frank, it's, it's your, your job wrestler, to pay attention. Bro. Yeah. You're getting paid literally big bucks from us. It's your favorite. No sold. Uh-huh. It's your favorite uh dude. Sammy, yeah, and it's your favorite dude. I think Sammy uh, Zane. I think uh yeah, somebody's gonna cost Sammy the match and he's gonna get inserted into the Cody match at WrestleMania. So I don't know if you guys saw, but the wise man told the Us uh Jimmy Uso to stay home. Mm. He said that the tribal chief doesn't want him there. He said he wants him to get a perspective. Because he was dapping up Sammy on SmackDown. Yeah. Isn't that for SmackDown though, or is that for the chamber? No, the chamber. Well, he didn't tell Jay Uso to stay home. And that's the man that Sammy, that's his boy. That's his ooze. So if Jay turns on him, we get the Jay and Jimmy versus KO and Sammy at Mania. Nice no, spot Jay's for them. Gonna, Jay's not going to. Jay's going to turn on Roman, and Sammy no. Zayn is going to end the big reign and go on to WrestleMania <laughs> if he's going to be Roman. That's your prediction? 
Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't mm-hmm. even say it without laughing. Well, yeah, Dude, why don't you take us out with a little macho man, John? Well, I, hold on. Before I do that, can you tell me who's going to win the women's number one contender match in the Elimination Chamber? Who is that? I'd love to ask Frank that question because I know we, <laughs> I know he knows who's in that match, right? No Google. Uh, let me just say that Natty looks like one goddamn million dollars right now. Yeah. Interesting you say that. I, she's coming out with the disagree with the um what do you call it the anvil hat the anvil hat yeah mm. that's what i'm talking about not her, oh yeah like, yeah okay uh asuka looks like one million she could probably take it home that's where that's where my money is is that um, the match what's the match so it's a chamber with asuka live morgan <laughs> oh, chamber it's a chamber yeah it's a chamber, yeah, it's so a it's chamber cool. match uh Nikki i believe cross. It's, yeah nikki cross Rock, uh, Rodriguez, Raquel Rodriguez, Rock, Rock yeah. and Raccoon, Rock, Rock, yeah, Rock and Rebel <laughs> Rodriguez, and Carmella, the returning Carmella. Oh, it's yes. a it's a who's who of the women's division, but Oscar was pretty yeah, so pretty Asuka's strong. Oscar's winning. Yeah, Oscar versus Bianca WrestleMania is that what we're? Thinking? I like that. Oh wow, that sounds good. That sounds real good. And then we got an elimination chamber match for the United States title. Frank, I will give you. I'll Venmo you right now a hundred bucks if you tell me the six men. Six Don't guys. Google. Okay, okay, okay. Six For the guys. United States title. Who's a champion? Let's <laughs> start this. Let's start this. All right, I'll give you the uh, champ. And then okay. funny. Work around the t- but I just went down oh, to 75 man, bucks funny. now. I can only oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Don't tell him the champion. Here's your three choices of who's the champion. Ready, Frank? And you got to tell us who it is. Okay. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Freakin'. It is um it's uh wow, why is this so difficult? Is it is it freaking? No. Damn, he lost it. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know when these guys is Austin Theory. Oh shit. Austin it's Austin Theory. That was my second guess. Yeah, that was my second guess. So so um, who are the five who are the five men? Away, in dude. Okay, so then Rollins, Lashley. <laughs> no, Lashley's not in it. Oh, okay. Bro, I will okay. be so impressed if you give me this. Oh my okay, God. hold on, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. You're never gonna get this. Yeah, I'm not. I already don't know. Who yeah, it's, dude, it's not even. Yeah, it's, it's like, so. Bro. Let me just read them off to okay. you because it's hilarious. So it's Austin Theory and Seth okay. Rollins. You got those two. Bronson Reed. Hey, you were gonna get that. You were gonna get that. Next, oh, right? oh, I know. I remember Bronson. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Damian Priest. You were gonna probably guess him right after that. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Gargano. That's a layup. Maybe this better. last one, I mean, this would have been the easiest. Montez, Montez Ford. Oh, yeah, dude. Wow, what a match. So wow. who's your prediction? Theory retains? Yeah, I guess so. Fuck. And that's Rollins. That goes and they're going to flip-flop that belt a million dude, times. Dude, I hope Rollins wins and loses it to Logan Paul so bad. <laughs> like, I want that so bad. Why do you want to ruin the product? It's Why a- do you want that? Yeah, you ruin, ruin it. this show. You <laughs> the like show the US ruin it? Yeah. It's Come great on, right man. now. He's I'm all WWE going, bro. Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor. He has Rhea great Ripley. matches. He does. Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor versus Edge and Beth Phoenix, Frank. Who you got your money on? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Tag mm-hmm. match. I guess Rhea has to win, right? I mean, Beth Phoenix. Who cares? <laughs> Ray is like gonna be the champion, right? She's the face of the company. She's fighting Charlotte, you know by I mean? the way. She yeah, chose yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, which so. I think is 
kind of lame if we want to get into that. But like, I just think, why not uh, Bianca versus Rhea main eventing? Because you had a baby face Bianca there too. Hmm, so Charlotte's like a face right now, so it's interesting they're gonna do. Yeah, this. like Ray is not a baby face, or, though, right? So yeah, so. I met Charlotte's heelish, but I, yeah, I got yeah. news for you. Whoever whoever faces Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania is getting booed out of the fucking building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that's sure. why I think it's makes Bianca more sense will get Bianca. booed out of the building. See, that, I don't think she Rhea. gets booed out of the building. I think that'll be it. Would be interesting though, like because they would be cheering. It would be split with her. I don't think she gets mm-hmm. booed out. Where Charlotte, I think, is going to get booed out because people like to hate on I Charlotte. I think kids like Bianca Belair. And, like, mm-hmm. I like Bianca, but, like, you know these fucking people that mm-hmm. go to these matches. They want to make it about themselves. They're going to yeah. do the, you know, she's going to get booed mm. to holy hell. Mommy chance. Yep. Um, what happens when Charlotte wins? People are just going to bury Charlotte forever. Oh, well, yeah, they either way, no matter what she does. No matter what she does. Um, she yeah, it's this Saturday, February 18th, live on <laughs> the WWE Network. I'm actually it's looking Peacock. forward to it. It'll be cool because I'll have a chance to watch it. Um, I'm yeah. like into that main event because I think the crowd is going to be like electric. I'm curious. I'm curious about the main event. I don't care about any of that card, obviously, but yeah. I'm very curious about that main event. Yep, I mean, the men... I feel like the chamber, they can do like some cool spots and shit. It's just, it's so yeah. overdone now, you know? Like I think the idea of doing an elimination chamber for the United States title that's had five champions in the last like month and a half or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, yeah, it's you like, like the hell in the South pay-per-view. It's like, well, we're yep. losing the point. I'd have rather seen uh, Gunther defend the IC against five guys and just yeah. take them all down. Uh, can I talk real quick, 30 seconds about, gunther and how awesome he is and there was a i think it was a five-way on smackdown this past friday yeah i saw for the number one contendership yeah yeah, i watched that actually to the intercontinental title and i'm like oh man that'd be fucking cool cross versus gunther at wrestlemania like that would be cool fucking madcap moss ladies and gentlemen will be facing gunther is that at the at wrestlemania no it's at oh. smackdown thankfully okay. it's, but it's like funny but hearing cross like in that i'm like all about that why like i i'm super intrigued by cross and gunther dude i don't get it and because like when cross came out to the, for that match because i actually watched that's the only part of smackdown i think i watched i watched a little bit with sammy and jay but anyway I was all about Santos Escobar winning that match. Oh, uh, he's my bro. Yeah. I just, I'm just saying because, like, for an intercontinental yeah. title match, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's cool, you know, like, and it would have just been a good match. And then Ray Ray was in it. And I remember I was talking with my roommate. I was like, I don't know who's going to win that match genuinely. I was like, Ray Ray, they're just doing a nostalgia act and just to give, <laughs> Gunther, give, give Gunther like a busy person to put on his resume, you know? Yep. I was like, I could see that happening. And I said, Carrying Cross because. You know, we'll see what they think about him. I, that's why I literally said to my roommate, I was like, we'll see what they think about him. If Carrying Cross is just going to be a jabroni nobody moving forward, yep. or if he's going to at least be in a program with Gunther. And Madcap Moss winning that match was so shocking <laughs> to me because it was just like, dude, he's so bland and generic. Yeah. And like, I don't think he sucks. But me his neither. Name, his name is brutal. His you know? name's like, brutal. He's, just, he's generic. Well, at least fuck. he has his girlfriend Emma out there with him. Yeah. Who? Like, eh. Yeah, yeah but, I thought that was strange. no. It's a yeah, that was random for them to choose him. It'll be a quick. You set him up, knock dude. Him down like for, I'm uh, just for the record. Santos Escobar was my favorite in that match. I fucking mm-hmm. love that guy, but I was just intrigued by 
Because they don't think they don't think shit of Santos. Escobar. I think Cross is uh, above the IC title, so it's probably <laughs> well. You're you're wrong, but I was just intrigued by like the physicality of that match. Yeah, I thought that could mm. be cool, but anyway, we'll talk well, about it all next. week. I want to let you know something on the way out tonight on Raw. Baron Corbin, you know he did, he in poor taste mentioned Dusty Rhodes. Cody had to teach him a lesson. Grabbed his ass to the Squashed to the ring. Him squashed him in a minute in a suit he beat baron corbin in his suit so this is what they think of baron corbin now finally uh, at least yeah i mean it looks like they're even, phasing him out even though nah, you want to get, you get baron I 100, corbin over on me i 100 believe they'll fucking repackage him again i think this is all leading wow. up to another repackage i really do if man, you fucking man. don't think of anything fucking get rid of him yeah no one gives a fuck about this dude Write in the comments if you're a Baron Corbin fan. Yeah. Oh, wait. T- t- Tony, with this? Tony Tony Khan just wrote in our comments. He said he, he's going to sign him if WWE releases him. <laughs> no, he's not. No, I don't, I don't believe that for a second. He'll, he'll Tony go, Khan uh, signs like a, a specific kind, you know what I mean? And like, I don't think Baron Corbin would ever be that. I, I don't know where that he dude would ever is the go. drizzling shits, man. Yeah. So you know how well, some guys are just WWE hopefully guys? Home. Like Braun Strowman was like a WWE guy. You're like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. When he got released, you're like, where does he go? He can't yeah. go anywhere. And he comes back yep. to WWE. Some guys are just that type. And I think Baron Corbin is that type. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. We talked all about the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Next week, Elimination Chamber. After that, we're on the roads to WrestleMania. Frank and I will be there live for a nice report. WrestleMania 39. But I will be there in your heart. In spirit. In our hearts all right leave us some comments this has been fun everybody till next time peace out that's the bottom line because no soul said so <laughs>